Hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Google. Coming up next, I'm Jason Howell filling in for Leo Laporte. We've got Ann Pruitt. We've got Paris Martineau. And we have Jeff Jarvis on this episode. We had a lot to talk about. A resolution, a finally a resolution in Canada's Online News Act regarding news and Google. Amazon unveils its AI chatbot that they called Q for some reason. OpenAI tries hard to not unveil its AI product called, yeah, Q Star. I don't know what it is about the letter Q. And Black Friday, perfect for dish trays. All that and more coming up next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig. This week in Google episode 744, recorded Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Giant Red Ties. This episode of This Week in Google is brought to you by our friends at IT Pro TV, now called ACI Learning. ACI's new cyber skills is training that's for everyone, not just the pros. Visit go.acilearning.com slash twit. Twit listeners can receive up to 65% off an IT Pro enterprise solution plan after completing their form. Based on your team's size, you'll receive a properly quoted discount tailored to your needs. And by Mylio. Mylio Photos is a smart and powerful system that lets you easily organize, edit, and manage years of important documents, photos, and videos in an offline library hosted on any device. Check out their limited time holiday gift bundle for a 25% discount on Mylio Photos Plus at mylio.com slash twit25. Hello, everybody. It's time for This Week in Google. I'm Jason Howell filling in for Leo Laporte. I promise you he'll be back next week. And uh, how he returns will surprise you. No, actually, that's not true. He's just going to be sitting in his Dr. Evil chair doing the show like nothing ever happened. I promise you that. Um, Really good to be here. Joined here in the studio, Aunt Pruitt. What's up, Aunt? Hello, everybody. Hello, Mr. Howell. Nice to see you right next to me. Nice to see show. you. And, and what is it? Two? What is it? You look you look a little older today. Yeah, what's what, here? What's going on up here? What could it be? Look here, man. What is it? I had glasses. I lost my glasses. I had to order new glasses, but I need to be able to see this dadgum rundown in front of me. So I went around the corner and grabbed some readers. And this is an interesting experiment. And I think the only way to wear them is to put them down on my nose. So Which when I just look enhances over the, the experience. When I look the over the top, everything looks normal-ish, but I can actually read now with them down like this. So yeah, I'll own the old man-ish card today. Okay. All right. Well, oldish man. Oldish man. readers. <laughs> I have I have a pair of readers too, but I hate wearing glasses. So even though I need to wear them, I refuse to, damn it. <laughs> uh also joining us, Jeff Jarvis. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. Those are not readers, though. What you are wearing, those are everyday. Those are just old man eyes. Those are permanent (laughs) glassesers. Old man eyes. Well, it's good to see you, sir. And, of course, Paris Martineau. What's up, Paris? If I wasn't 
If I wasn't wearing these glasses, I would be unable to see the screen two feet in front of me. So yeah. I guess okay. I guess they're everything. They're everything. <laughs> so that means, so so are you farsighted then? Is that what that means? Or are you just I so nearsighted? I now. Yeah. I'm so nearsighted and I spend so much time looking at screens that it has just transitioned into a, I'm generally sight challenged. Yeah, you're, you're unsighted at this point. I'm unsighted. <laughs> I've always said that if, you know, like a zombie apocalypse happened, I'd probably yeah. die quickly, not because... Because of a lack of survival skills or gumption, but because if you just like crack my glasses, I'm done. And that's it. Oh, that's so that's true. It. Right? All yeah. it takes is like one battle and sure you won, but your glasses are broken. You spend the rest of your life wandering the earth blind, basically. <laughs> yep. That is it's I mean, it would not be a long rest of my life, honestly. Right. There's been times where I've lost my glasses in my home and I'm like, I'm done. This is it. Yeah. I'm pretty blind without without glasses. I I opt for contacts, but I could probably see about I don't know about that far in front of me with pure sharpness, and then any any further than that. I mean, Jammer B, where you're sitting right now, you'd be a blurry mess. You'd be a smear to me. So, so I guess we're all sight challenged on this panel. We are. We've figured that one out. Uh, good to be here, and you know, I tried my best. I, I promise you, I tried to put together like a, a nice bulky Google block to start the show with. And it's really kind of sad looking at it. There's just not a whole lot here, but I'm going to commit to the bit. Let's start. <laughs> we'll get it out of the Google's way and then we'll get to the other on stuff. On this show? Wow. It's the, bold of you. It's the bit we've been doing for 744 shows. <laughs> I always try when I'm sitting in place with Leo. I'm like, you know what? It's this, like Google's in the name. Let's talk a little bit about Google. And sometimes Google rewards us. This is and, true. Sometimes hey, Google does. Google's in the week. name for now. Yeah, what was the name that you came up? Was it this week in general? Was that? Yeah, yeah I think that's the this, name someone came up with. Someone yelled that name. This week in everything. <laughs> this week in general and this week in everything were the two that I remember. Well, this week in everything that doesn't work because everything doesn't. Then we got to change G. the feeds and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I'm fine with this week in general myself. <laughs> you know. Honestly, this week in general isn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Although I kind of it kind of has could be have like a wartime quality to it like this week in general I mean, we could kind of have a wartime quality <laughs> i'm fine with that I'm, okay. I'm, I'm down to battle okay well for this <laughs> moment to stealing valor sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> for this moment in time it's still this week in google and to that end we've got one two three four five pretty quick stories to talk about then we'll get to the rest of the show <laughs> actually the, the top story i think is uh very um very Immediate. This did, you know, just happened uh, not too long ago. Google has reached a deal with Canada uh, involving its link, its online news act, um, kind of the link tax. And Google was, you know, for quite a while saying it wasn't going to pay. Of course, Meta did this and kind of um, pulled out, right, as far as news is concerned mm -hmm. in the EU. Google is threatening to do but so as well. In Canada. In or Canada. sorry, sorry, in Canada. Uh, my apologies. It's all the same. You know, they, they, they're, they're just talking <laughs> yeah. about it, all of them. So. <laughs> That's true. I lived in Montreal for a while, and it really did feel, feel very European. Uh, so maybe mm -hmm. that's a slip on my end. Anyways, uh, Google going to pay 100 million Canadian dollars, roughly translated to American dollars, about 74 million uh, annually. And I guess that's going to fund news agencies, quote, based on the number of full-time equivalent journalists engaged by those businesses. So 
It's all kinds of controversy here. And I've been on top of this for, for quite a while. I've watched the testimony of Google before the Senate in Canada. I, you know, I've watched all this thing, been quoted in CBC. Canada made a complete mess of this mm-hmm. because they, they wouldn't listen to the tech platforms. They wouldn't allow any, they, they wanted to demonize them. And so they plowed through with this law and, and Facebook used it as an excuse to say, fine, no news. Thank you very much. We want to get rid of this pups and parties. That's what we're doing from now on. Bye. And they're gone forever. They're not mm-hmm. coming back to news. I'm, I'm sure of it. And I think they're going to say Canada worked in Canada, works anywhere else. They've lost no traffic as a result. It's fine. So 30% of the news sites traffic is already gone, period, forever, thanks to the Canadian government, the politicians, and the hedge funds that lobbied for this. Uh-huh. So then Google said they were going to charge, they were going to try to tell Google to pay up to $300 million a year. Mm. That's what Google promised to the entire worldwide news industry over a few years. And they were pretty generous. Grief. And and Google said, no, and there's no ceiling on this, and you don't have any structure about who gets the money, and no. But they kept Google to their credit. Richard Jingris, the VP of News at Google, kept trying to say, why don't we just talk? We can be reasonable. There is something here. You just need to follow some sense of, of order to this. And finally, um, after Facebook left, they did, but they thought they were going to get like $300 million. Uh, they're going to get $75 million. They've lost Facebook. Um, now there's going to be a huge fight over who gets this money. And uh, one of the big controversies is that uh, a lot of the money is going to go to CBC, which is already government supported, mm. and broadcasters, which isn't going to help local news particularly. And so it's a shambles. It's a mess. But I got to say, I credit Google with having done whatever they could to find some middle ground here so that they didn't have to pull out of Canada news. Is this a scenario where there's way more losers than winners? Yes. Well said. Well yeah. said. I think the citizens lose. I think the platforms lose the, the and, and certainly the news organizations lose. All right. Um, and, and the problem with a lot of, and, and the thing is, I, here's the interesting question for y'all. So there's, there's the JCPA, which is the journalism competition preservation act. BS from Amy Klobuchar and, and, and company in the U.S. And then there's a California Preservation Act, whatever, I forget what that's called, CC something. Um, both basically the Canadian bill brought to California and the U.S. I think now if they tried to do this here, Facebook would say, thank you. That's all we did it for was that excuse. Bye the news. Mm. And then they would, they would similarly screw the entire news industry um, in the U.S., Google would still pay something, but it would be spread extremely thin. You know, the New York Times would get a huge piece of it because they have the most staff and it wouldn't help anybody really. It'd be a little bit of schadenfreude. So I don't know what happens to the follow-on legislation we end up with. I would say as a, u- <laughs> what, what keeps running through my mind is as a user of Facebook, as a recent like re-Facebooker, because I had left for a while and then I, Got sick of not knowing what all my friends were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I felt super disconnected. You know, I had all the intention, the the ambition to like, well, I'm just going to stay in touch with them by phone. I'm good, you know. And, <laughs> like, I mean, that works for a small subset tell, of people. Tell me but, more, Grandpa. Because yeah. I still have one, and it still works. I can stay in touch with the people yeah. I care about and not share all right. of that data. Blah blah blah. And then at some point, it was like, okay, but it's just much easier to do this. Um, so I came back, and I think. 
one of the things that I realized drove me away from Facebook, pr- particularly during the kind of the, the election year of 2016 and the four years that followed, was the like hyper sharing of news on mm-hmm. that platform. And so there's a part of me that's kind of like, like, I totally I, I completely understand and, and um, you know, wh- where you're coming from, Jeff. And I don't want journalism to suffer at the hand of something like this. Mm. But as a user of Facebook, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't want news there. Yeah, really? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it just being, you know, sharing photo pics of your of your uh, your pets and, you know, your family and, and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a very closed minded, you know, me kind of perspective on that. I think it's also very different for Google to make that decision and uh would have very wide reaching um implications so what do you think about this paris i mean yeah cut, the, cut it, i mean living your life and working you know, in, in in this a reporter you know, in the world yeah especially i mean yeah i don't know it it's complicated right yeah. i mean i can understand why some publishers would want this originally you want to be paid for when platforms are profiting off of your work in this case the news articles that you're talking about that annoyed you was something that Facebook was promoting for a while because it promoted engagement. And right. People being mad on their platform was profitable for them. Totally. But I don't think I think that what we are seeing from what is happening in Canada with this online news act is that it isn't going to work in this way. The after effects with you know platforms like Meta cutting off news means that um, some of these news outlets in Canada in exchange for getting what's probably going to end up being a couple thousand dollars or maybe a hundred thousand dollars if they're lucky from Google, they're losing 15% of their overall traffic from Facebook, which is going to impact their bottom line considerably. And I'm sure that this same kind of dynamic will play out in other countries or states in the U S if they end up following that. So I think that you need to rethink what you're asking for and approach this from a regulatory perspective in a different manner. 74 million US dollars does not sound like a lot um, when you're talking about. Definitely not. Yeah. A year for a year. Yeah. For a year. For all right. the news outlets. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and split that up into tiny little pieces and give it to everybody. And it, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that that really does much to undo any of the impacts of this. Obviously, I don't know the media structure in Canada, but like if we're looking at that 74 million split between U.S. media, it's probably going to be something like Fox News, Daily Mail U.S., uh, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times will get most of that. And then like smaller outlets that are more digital media focused, like your BuzzFeeds or Pet News stuff or Lad Bible U.S. are going to get some chunk of that. And then local news outlets are probably going to get like. I don't know, $1,000 if they're lucky, mm. a year, which is not particularly helpful for anyone. <laughs> no, might might be more of an inconvenience to like cash the check than it is anything else. It's exactly. Like, I, got a, I got a check from our insurance company. It was like some refund check and it was like 32 cents. Oh. Like I just, uh, <laughs> oh. like I, I think it's it's more, you know, my time is worth more. <laughs> they cleared their book. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all that says. Yeah. We cleared our book. I mean, I could Jeff, see that. I'm curious yeah. as someone who's been following this story for a while, why do you think that it got to this place? I mean, was the, what news outlets and, regula- and regulators asking for originally was it always going to end up this way or was there some point in the negotiations that things fell apart? It's it's a great question. Um, 
I, I think it was, <clears throat> well, uh, the National Post and Post Media, which now owns the va- it's the Gannett of Canada. It owns the vast majority of papers there. It's just, or, or I don't know if it's the majority, but it owns, it's the biggest by far. And it's controlled by a U.S. hedge fund. Uh, and then the Toronto Star was taken over by two guys who thought they were white knights coming in. I wanted to save journalism. And then they got into a huge fight because they couldn't agree about anything. And so <laughs> one of them took part of the company elsewhere. They killed 600 little papers or something amazing or laid off 600 people, killed lots of papers. And so they lobbied for it hard. And the the press association, as here in the U.S., press associations used to be about saying, oh, we're so wonderful. Advertisers love us. Readers love us. Aren't we wonderful? Now press associations are lobbyists, pure and simple. So their lobbyists went full court in um, in Parliament and said, we got to go for them. Trudeau's government said, ooh, this is a good opportunity to show how wonderful we are, how popular we are by going after big, bad American tech companies. And so they wouldn't brook any discussion with them. And Google and Facebook came and testified. I watched one time, as I said, with the Senate, where they said, there's problems with this law. We can work this out. We can talk this through. And the politicians just said, no, we are going to show how tough we are. And and so they left, they left themselves in no position for negotiation. And actually, it's interesting because this is not rewriting the law. This is just writing the regulation based on the law. And it may or may not actually fit the law as it's written, because it was written so tough. This happened, uh, Paris, in Spain, too, after Germany started all this with the, and I love saying this on the show, the Leistungsschutzrecht. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Haven't said it in a while, have I, folks? <laughs> the Leistungsschutzrecht, um, the ancillary copyright, which actually didn't do much of anything, because Google said, uh, we're not going to pay you. And actual Springer said, you must, or we won't let you link. Google said, fine, we won't link. The actual Springer said about two weeks later, okay, please you can link. link. <laughs> yeah, please link, and, and, and we get no money. But that became the model that became the Australian model, the Canadian model, JCPA, all these other things. Uh, and there's a European model now, too, which is very similar, so EU-wide. And so it's the publishers lobbying, cashing in their political capital to try to get this. And the politicians who say, oh, good, an excuse to go after big, bad tech companies, and I'll have the press on my side. What's not to love? And um, they just didn't, didn't listen. Hmm. And that, I mean, it feels like this is a, yeah, this feels like this is a reaction, obviously, to these huge headwinds we're seeing in the media industry. It's Mm -hmm. publishers and these associations looking for anything to blame or focus on other than the crumbling of ad dollars, which has been a trade, which has been something that's been happening to the media industry in some form or another for most most of its existence. You go into this in your book, right, Jeff? Yeah, I actually do at length uh, in the the next book. I just had it in the, the line edit. Ooh. And the more I, I went through it, the, the, I ended up surprising myself tracking this business um, rivalry as a root of media's moral panic about the Internet. Uh, because um, the press blames the Internet companies for their failures, whereas you just said, no, the Internet as a whole just put buyer and seller together and didn't need the middleman who used to control the pricing power. And... So, welcome to capitalism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting in Paris, too. 
it, let's say that there is a law like this in the U.S. What's the staff at um, the information? Um, I think our editorial staff is like 50. Right. So let's say that there was some similar pool of money in the U.S. It got divvied up by, well, A, you probably get left out entirely because you're not local and everybody's saying local is going to save democracy, mm. right? So that's that's one. Mm. But if it did get divvied up, yeah, you'd get lattes for all. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we could maybe up our Monday lunch budget. There you $25 go. $25 a person from 20 Everybody gets a Paris. small milkshake as well. It's a little, it's a little, dis- it's, I think it's a problem when, you, when you're saying that you actually get lunch at a news company. Nobody gets lunch at news companies. <laughs> Nobody. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's kind of kind of rubbing it in there, aren't you? Yeah, kind of. A little bit. Yeah. The information. <laughs> they do things different around there. Everybody gets a small milkshake. Yay! Yay! <laughs> no whipped cream, though. Yeah. No extra. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was just one of this cavalcade of Google stories. <laughs> the rest of them are amazing. Um, Jeff could bore you about just, any of them. Just, just check this one out. Google DeepMind using AI to, I mean, this is actually pretty cool. Um, predict the structure of around 2 million new materials. So they, there was a research paper. It was published in a, a, the science journal called Nature. And basically, the, it said that 400,000 of its material designs, all these hypothetical, could actually be created, be actually produced in lab conditions. And I don't know. I thought this was just interesting because when I think of the potential of AI and what it what it could do in the future and likely will do to some capacity in the future, that's more than just like generating, you know, images and and videos and, and, you know, correcting our spelling or, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. These are the kinds of discoveries that I wonder, like, how does this impact the world when AI is integrating into the medical industry and helping us be get mm-hmm. far better or far more accurate uh, with, you know, what we're able to detect um, discovery of like new materials that didn't exist before. <laughs> like that's just really we'll, interesting. We'll never know about this stuff because this is the stuff that doesn't get clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's all of the, the high and mighty. Wow. This, this AI is so cool. Look at how it generated this picture or generated that or what have you. And then it's, Oh boy, this Those is are easy to share. Doom. They're very shareable. Doom yeah. and doom. The robots are going to take over. You know, that's there's never any of the middle ground of coverage. And there's hardly ever any stories like this that's reached out to the masses. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. I would imagine, Paris, at, at the information, you have people who've been following this stuff for a very, very long time. And they turn around, they say, now you're paying attention to us. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now we're hot. I mean, we have a daily AI newsletter, which um, I believe is like in front of the paywall as well, um, written by uh, Stephanie Palazzo. And she covers kind of, I mean, obviously, I think the last two weeks have been more open AI focused. For sure. But all of, <laughs> normally, what she covers four days a week are all of the really interesting uh, mm-hmm. new developments in AI. And there are so many like this. Yeah. I think that it's really a field where if you are interested in the developments, there are are constant updates at a speed yep. that I think is unlike anything else we're seeing in tech. Mm-hmm. 
I think, again, that's another part of the message that never really gets pushed out is that AI can be used for for speed, like quality speed and getting things done, whether it's, you know, doing repeatable tasks or whether it's helping out with the research like this because they're running different models and figuring out, okay, this failed, that failed. So let's, let's try this new variable. And it's doing all of that way faster than a team of people can do, you know, granted Mm -hmm. it needs, granted it needs a little bit of human intervention, which it, which is fine by me. But again, none of that stuff gets clicks. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I just went into my newsletters because I wanted to make sure that I I, I, I subscribed to that newsletter. I just want to look at the latest issue. And here I see this invitation from Jessica now that I'm a paying customer <laughs> for a 10-year anniversary for the information. Yeah. It's been Come 10 through. Years. It's going to be, t- it's 10 years. Uh, 10 as years. Of, yeah, this wow. month, as of December. Um, Dang, nice. Really incredible. It's wild. I was looking back through some of the coverage when he first launched, and I think there's this like iconic Business Insider blog written at the time that says something like, wow, look at this Wall Street Journal reporter launched a news site, and they're trying to get people to pay hundreds of dollars a year for a subscription. Ha, fat chance that'll ever work. Subscriptions are incompatible with media. They said and, bless uh, her you know, heart. Now here we are, <laughs> 10 how, years how later. And, uh, yeah, totally. Some things have changed. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah. It's a model you're seeing more and more. You going to go to the party, Jeff? I'll be in Vienna freezing my butt off. Uh, that's right. Dang. Should have come to the party. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you had a Pixel 8 Pro, you could bring it and then show off uh, all the little bumps in your glass, apparently, according to 9to5 Google. Um, see, this is this is, uh, this is is what we have in, as far as Google News. I promise you we'll get to <laughs> it's more still good. Stuff. It's still Good. Okay, all right. Yeah, don't apologize. Go with it. Go yeah. with it. Be I mean, strong. We I, love talking about the bumps in our glass. It's so exciting. <laughs> I have a Pixel 8 Pro. I do not have bumps in my glass. It's not the kind of thing that happens for to everybody. Um, but if it does, apparently... Uh, Did you get it out and about. start inspecting like it to make sure there were no bumps looking. yeah a little bit but then i kind of gave up because i didn't see anything and haven't seen anything I, I imagine i would have noticed by now but um yeah you know things like this happen there's there's a small you know uh and by small i mean like maybe a little more than 100 people have like tacked on to the the bug report to report oh yeah that's me too so it's a small group of people apparently this is happening apparently google's gonna um what did what did they say they said oh actually no this is actually pretty funny uh, google says there is quote no functional impact to pixelate performance or durability oh, oh. by these bumps <laughs> which, they, when, which they acknowledge the bumps exist yes yeah. Like yeah, the bumps they may exist, you, but they're totally fine and don't worry about. Yes, them. exactly. It's, look, it's not our problem. They they don't actually break the device, so it's your problem that you can't just overlook the bumps. That's uh, bull. That's bull, especially yeah. for small minded. Device. You know, it that sort of reminds me of the was it the blue glare on the six? You remember that? Uh, I yeah, think what was that. it? Yeah, there's always yeah. something. You know, that's that's <laughs> just quality control, and yeah. and I get that they're creating a ton of these devices, but you still need to do better with your quality control um, yeah. processes. And yeah, don't tell people, look, yeah, we know the bumps are there. Um, it's not breaking anything. Don't, don't worry. How about you just say, yeah, we know the bumps are there. Let us fix this for you. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, if I bought a device right. and and it's imperfect because of some sort of you know thing that. I had no part in. Right. 
and that other people are reporting the same thing, I would hope that the company would go to yeah, bat for me. That's boring. Um, I can't really so see if that, I have any on mine. I'm yeah, struggling yeah. with my eyes here. To yeah. See, but. <laughs> yeah, your readers might not be able to pick that up. But yeah, they're readers. Ramps. They're not bumpers. So <laughs> you need to get a different pair of glasses for that, I think. Um, maybe this next story kind of ties into you know some of the complaints around the whole Pixel 8 thing. There was an, there's an 18-year uh, Googler, so I guess at this point a Zoogler, uh, is it g- g- Zoogler? How do you say that? Zoogler? I can't even say it. Yeah, no it's, like, shot. it's like pronouncing X Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, recently left the company. It's Ian Hickson. I believe worked for the Flutter team the last handful of years. Wrote an essay um, really taking Google um, out as far as its lack of vision, uh, calling it out for its low company wide morale, the deterioration of its company culture, which at one time was like a really big selling point for the company. Um, and I don't know when I was reading it, I was just reminded of, of Mike, Mike Elgin and mm-hmm. his, his, at this point, his, his regular kind of admission that which, you know, he feels that Sundar Pichai is not a good CEO for the company has, I agree. has priorities placed in exactly the wrong places based on where Google's at right now. I, I agree with, with, Mr. Elgin's sentiment, but the whole morale thing, I thought that was part of Google's big, big cachet, if you will, with them being one of the most popular places to work in the U.S. I mean, they were always at the top of the charts. Yeah. And I, I wonder where that stand, like, what is the chart? I don't know what chart you look at to know that, but um, where do they stand now? How does it feel to be mm-hmm. inside Google? I think things have changed point? since 2020. 2020 has changed yeah. a lot of perspectives for people. Um you know, it, it, whether we like it or not. Uh, and I think a lot of times it changes for the better too. Uh, but prior to that, it, it was like, it was a joy to go to work at Google, supposedly, according to the it different. It worked your butt off. Yeah. Know, there, there was that, but people were happy to do that because of yeah. everything that they got out of the experience. And yeah. But felt I still like agree. Their, their input and their, um, you know, what they brought to the table was valued. Yeah. Felt like they were valued. But I still agree that the leadership starts at the top with Mr. Pichai and the whole yeah. bit of ADD that Google tends to, tends to have over the last several years and bouncing around between products and killing this product and opening a new product. And then a week later, it's like, yeah, no, we're going to rename it to this and then we're going to kill it. It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, if every, you know, the fact I, I thought I saw this thing and I thought, okay, if every company had to get a news story written about them when any employee left, and that's said, true. I don't like it working here anymore. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's very yeah. true. Probably, that's, that's probably why, some ex-employee could write this. That's why I brought it up because I was like, it seems like every out. year, you know, again prior to 2020, it seemed like they were Google was always at the top on you know best places to work, you know, based on the stuff that they offered and and. I guess they, somebody was doing surveys and they yeah. kept, kept winning. They never said Amazon. They never said Microsoft. It was always Google. No, true. Mm-hmm. Do you, is there any, um, do you feel like there's any truth to the idea that maybe Google is kind of entering, if not already in the 2000s era, Microsoft kind of moment in time <laughs> where Google's been around kind of long enough. They've, yeah. they've kind of done that. They're now like, like maybe having a hard time finding what their identity is in this current technology world. And there are others that are really competing heavily against them now. You know, yeah. they, they were once they were it, 
And now they're now it's not so cut and dry. No. Does Google need a Sacha to come along? Yes. And, and then there's hope. Yes. I mean, at, at least if we use this write up to go off of anyways. But 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 it's interesting, Jason. And I, I mentioned this briefly in the next book. Does Google want to be a consumer company anymore? Yeah. Is it a B2B company? Because the consumer stuff they do, they kind of, huh, this one was of, down there. Yeah. Yeah, right. And there's nothing well, wrong with being B2B, right? No, there's not. There. It's a hell of a business. They've got a hell of a business. They, I mean, the, the hosting business, the ad business, uh, it's all quite amazing. I mean, but I I, I, I wish they had my Chromebook. Uh, <laughs> I, I like their phone. Um I went to the, so I, I, when I was out for this World Economic Forum AI thing, I, when I got in, I, I went down, dutiful twigger that I am, mm-hmm. to the Google new, new big tent and went to their store. Right. The Google experience. It's boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's boring. <laughs> that look on your face. What they have going on? Um, uh, well, they had nice. They had, I had a very nice cupcake, by the way. Very nice pumpkin cupcake. Because mm, that's why you, you go to, pivot to cupcakes. Because that's why you want to go to Google. Google. <laughs> so you got a pumpkin cupcake. Um, so they had a little cafe. They had you know, an event space, um, and you go in. And people are, are right on you. Hello, welcome. Glad to have you here. You know, okay, okay shush. You're just Google. Um, <laughs> Standing ovation. Um, and then they got the their products around, so you can do the same thing. It's, it's prettier than Best Buy by a long shot. Right. Right. But but you can go play with the phone, and um, interestingly, they don't have it on wires. You can actually pick it up. Okay, uh, some measure of trust, or they have really good cops. Right, and so they have all the products around, and then they have a small, very small swag store. They used to have a much bigger swag store, mm-hmm. very small swag store with few hats, few bags, mm-hmm. uh, a Google, little tiny Google bike. Did Those you tell are- them you do a podcast about them? No. <laughs> you kept say, oh you're the, you're on the grandpa podcast oh <laughs> you're on the google dads <laughs> the grandpa uh, google podcast. That, should be the, that actually should be the new name of the podcast is google dads and paris <laughs> hey you know <laughs> you, um you were mentioning that you know google might not want to be a consumer company and you know it, it and i think I think in order for Google to make that determination, it has to get clear on what its identity actually is. And I mm-hmm. think that's, I think that's exactly it. Google, I, I'm not entirely convinced that Google knows what its identity is right now. But that's a leadership thing. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't leadership make yeah. that call and say, Hey, this is who we are. Well, yeah. Let's, let's work the heck out of it and, and, and market the heck out of it and, mm-hmm. and own it, you know, mm-hmm. just the way Microsoft did. I mean, I think, you know, Google's been around for like 25 years. It is a huge company. It is 170 some thousand employees. I don't think at that size, at the maturity that it is and at the amount of revenue it generates, that it could even ever be just a purely consumer company. I mean, I think that uh, when you are getting to this level of maturity where you stop being an upstart and start being a an institutional gatekeeper, probably the only way to keep shareholders happy and continue to grow your bottom line, mm-hmm. to grow profits is by having a robust like set of business lines. And yeah. that is not particularly sexy. It's not particularly interesting, but it's probably the reality of it that they have to do a lot of stuff like B2B. They have to do government contracts. They've got to, you know, increase their stuff in cloud. 
you're also going to have some teams that are doing consumer and, you know, your bread and butter, but that's probably not the moneymaker anymore. I mean, look at a company like Amazon. They're expanding to, you know, advertising. Cloud has long been their main profit center. I assume Google would want to do something similar. Microsoft Mm -hmm. makes a lot of money with licenses over the enterprise and B2B. Um, They're not making a ton of money with their devices and whatnot. So it's... I don't think Google's making a ton of money with their no, with their mobile devices. Good, yeah, yeah, correlation. It, you know, so yeah. if if they need to figure out a way to just capitalize on, yes, we are a search, a search giant. Um, put more into that and make more money there, and stop bleeding. But yourself. you know, they're not even. That's not even the best part of the business. It's it's as, as Paris says, it's it's hosting and it's advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, but your parents are quite right. When 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 Google went to advertising for the first couple of years. It was ninety eight percent of the revenue. Yeah, and now I think we we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago, right? It was what seventy something percent. So oh, yeah, when they had the earnings call. Yeah, they've diversified pretty well. I, I don't get me wrong. I dig the Pixel phones, um, but it it would it would make sense to me if Google decides, okay, we need to just cut this, just let it go. Mm-hmm. And get back to the Chromebook and put more focus there and put more emphasis there because we saw at one point in time where the Chromebook was really big for education and, and lower income people and it it could really make a lot of money off of it and have a real legit impact more so than this phone that I love because I still go out in public and people ask me which iPhone is that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it but it's is. got the camera, but it's got the the signature camera bar. You just you don't even yeah. pay attention to you. Like, what iPhone is that? Do you, what did yeah. you do wrong to your camera? You know, <laughs> it, it's, that's that's literally what normal people say. But yeah, if they were, to, if I were to walk out with a Chromebook, people know that's a that's a Chromebook. You know, Doctor Do in Discord says, but kids hate Chromebooks. <laughs> kids hate Chromebooks, <laughs> correct? But the educational system. Uh, yeah. They, they're all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from a, um, uh, IT, uh, IT device management standpoint, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting, like reading this article really got me thinking about kind of like the, the moment that the, the, the kind of current state of Microsoft and how Microsoft is really being heralded in a lot of ways right now for the decisions that it's making and some of the risks that it's taken and kind of the the trajectory that it's really shifted things since Sacha. Mm -hmm. And I I start looking at Google through that lens and thinking, okay, like you said, Paris, Google's kind of legacy at this point. Like they used to be the, you know, when the internet was new, so was Google. And so they really kind of rode that wave for probably as long as they could before you kind of get to this point to where things have really just kind of the dust has settled. They are who they are and is who they are enough. Like, (laughs) I guess it's enough for for shareholders. You say they are who they are, but who are they? Well, right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, but will they reach a point to where it's like, okay, we got to make some drastic changes. Otherwise we will become a 2000s era Microsoft and, you know. and, and with all that said, I, I I still will give credit to Google for at least having the guts to say, you know what, this product isn't working. Kill it. And I'm talking about but the, but the, the Chromebook was working. But the Chromebook was, was working. working. Yeah, that I was swear working. It was. But you know when they had that, what was the gaming platform called? Did everybody Stadia? Stadia. They they like no, nah, this ain't oh, cut. I it. mean, and they just cut it. You know, no sense yeah. in trying to hold on to that. How many so here's a parlor game for you. 
if and I'm not saying I'm not endorsing this idea because I think it's going to it's silly, but just for the sake of a parlor game, if you were going to break up Google, or if Google saw the pressure to break up, and you were Alphabet, how would and and you wanted to beat the beat the feds to it? How would you break up Google? Oh wow, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, honestly, I, I have I no don't clue. Know. I feel like that's out of my pay grade. I Paris, your mic's off. Paris, your mic's off. I was saying, I feel like I don't know enough about the revenue breakdown to do this. Did we? Ever oh, you want facts? Point? I would, Paris, totally, I would totally because that is it. probably the best way to yes, split yeah, it, it up. Yeah, I would split it, it with 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 search in in uh, advertising. And what do you mean, split them apart? No, or, no, no. Keep that as one conglomerate, and the rest of everything else just just cut it loose. But then, how does the rest of everything else exist? Because I mean, isn't everything yeah, else basically financed by right? search and advertising? Totally, totally. Yeah. It's all intertwined. Man, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I don't know. I could see. Is that so, coming? So what's Jeff? De- Do you think that's? Oh, no, no, not at all. No, I don't no, think so okay. at all. Well, what's dependent upon? Well, I think I think there will be a breakup of something around the ad business. They can't be the dominant player in both sell side and buy side. Yeah, right. Uh, and I've long said that Google, uh, they went after Google on search, which was ridiculous because that was a that was a 10 years old war. They went after them on shopping in Europe, which was stupid because who goes after them on shopping? Mm-hmm. Um, their vulnerability has always been on the control of advertising, especially since they, they bought, um, you know, all the platforms out there and programmatic came along. So... On the one hand, I could see just splitting off the ad services business and Google becomes a client of it. Oh. Um, I could see splitting off the, um, you know, how much. So, so, yes, Google runs lots of ads, but Google, through its search business, also runs ads in sites. Around, but how, how do you separate that out? How do you separate out AdSense from the ad serving business? That's hard. Yeah. Um, search itself I don't think is as wealth uh, wealth making as I think this is Paris's point. I don't think search itself is the core of the business. It's the ad business and the yeah, ad business is the, the ad serving business. Yeah. That is intertwined into the search business as well. Right. Like it's all so combined. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the hosting, the yeah, but they're of each other. Yeah. Where do they stand? Where does Google stand now in the ranking of hosting? Does anybody know in terms of is Amazon one, Microsoft two, Google three? Is that? I, have I no know idea. Google like pales in comparison to I Amazon. I think yeah, I think it would be a a version of that where one and two are interchangeable, but Google is definitely third fiddle, if you will. Mm. Right. So it's interesting. What are right, here's well, I'm going to keep the parlor game going. How would you break up? Uh, I don't think we should. How would you break up Facebook? Meta, excuse me. Um, I mean, I think that that's a bit easier because there right. are distinct companies that yeah. have been acquired and folded in. Mm, and right. only recently, when was it, like 2019 or something, Meta decided to make them all kind of connected in the back end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I think it would be a meta product. more straightforward. I'm doing some of that, yeah. <laughs> Now, Mr. Jarvis, uh, you said you you don't think that this potential breakup for Google could come down the road. I I I just have a hunch that something's going to happen, especially with election season coming. I I I just got a hunch that somebody's going to put something on the table and try to scratch that itch. It's like, hey, we need to do something about quote big tech. 
and saying, yeah, we're looking at you, Google, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, the, 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 the Facebook thing is interesting is what I think Ben Evans argues mm-hmm. is fine. That's why you, you split up uh, Facebook from Instagram from WhatsApp. You end up with three still gigantic companies that have, that have the same business models that yeah. the, the giant did and doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah. Um, in Google's case, the problem, again, I think, is that they got themselves in this position where buy side and sell side and advertising are together. And so you could, I guess, split off one of those. And I guess that they still want to be in the AdSense business because they want to be the place that because they know about web content, they know what's going on. They want to place ads all across the whole internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they would get out of the sell side. Mm. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Scooterettes put a chart in the discord from Investopedia, basically saying how Google slash Alphabet makes money and it's advertising. Oh, here we go. And it's a nice, beautiful chart down there that puts it in black and white. What does it tell us? Uh, 90% of the revenue, and this was 2022. December uh, 31st, yeah, end of 2022. 90% of revenue was Google services and 9% was Google Cloud. Wow. And now it's 2022. Yeah, um, they have a, a more in-depth breakdown. It's also in the Discord from Statista. It says, again, for 2022, ads, Google search, and other properties was about 60% of overall revenue. Google Cloud there is about is. 10%. Google Network ads, which is slightly different, about 11%. YouTube ads, 10%. And then apps, hardware, and content, about 10%. Oh, uh, Paris, your mic, your mic is a little light, I think. It's what? It's a little light. Mm, she I sounds so. fine. She does to you? Okay. I, didn't, mm. okay, I can project more. So we, I mean, <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. You got the glasses. <laughs> I, can, I can't hear you. The glasses I can't hear you. It's becoming a theme. You, these kids <laughs> today, they just mumble, you know? <laughs> they just mumble. They're not talking loud enough. <laughs> They're out here talking about Google ads and I can't hear them. <laughs> So in this I'm chart, sure then, you we'll get just, you get all your due attention, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just take everything that has the word ads in it. We'll put that on one side. That's and then, what I did. Then we're left with Google Cloud, apps, hardware, and content. There, that's easy done. <laughs> that, Pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that solves the problem that you're talking about, though, Jeff. Because ads as a whole, yeah, there's the buy and there's the sell side, and that seems to be one of the big problems. Or big, you know, the things is getting them into trouble, more trouble. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not saying that the breaking. I think the breaking, breaking them up. That talk is just an attempt at Schadenfreude. I don't think it accomplishes anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I also think that I mean, for thinking practically, the FTC doesn't really have. It seems like the teeth or manpower to be engaged in multiple big tech uh, breakups right now. I mean, it seems like the agency is struggling to even kind of manage its Amazon case alongside other things, much less try and do all of this at once. Mm. I agree. Yeah. 
Um, real quick before I go to the break, um, just because there's only one more story in the little Google block here, unless something else uh, jumps out at us a little bit later. But little um, Google block, dude, we've been talking about Google for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's a well, dadgum record. Hey, that's hey, that's not bad. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to deliver on the name until it turns block. into general or geriatric or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, uh, this week in geriatric could be good, guys. <laughs> 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 Leo's going to come back and will have rebranded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of a Dr. Evil chair, it's going to be like a cane. A cane He's over here. With stand here with a cane. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of those chairs that, that goes up the stairs, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's it. It takes him to yes. his other studio. We can get you guys life alerts just in case. There we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Sponsor opportunity. So Is that any kids today? I'm telling you. <laughs> um, Google... Uh, getting into the geothermal energy uh, side of things. Apparently they have a site in Nevada that is powering Google's data centers with clean energy thanks to geothermal energy. So... You th- you think this would be something like really clean and energy? If you look at it, it's like it, the pictures are there. It's like they're drilling it for looks oil. Sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to walk through that cloud. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But hey, it, it, it's an effort. Then they then they can say, "Hey, we're doing it." It's an effort. We said we were gonna. We're doing something. So at least there's that. Good on you, Google. All right. When we come back from the break, uh, we can talk a little bit about Amazon because Amazon actually has some pretty uh, current news. Um, most of it, if not all of it, related to AI. And I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about uh, everything Amazon right now, Paris. But uh, let's take a break. First, and thank the sponsor of this episode of This Week in Google, brought to you by our friends at IT Pro TV, now called ACI Learning. Uh, in today's IT talent shortage, whether you actually operate your own department or maybe you're a part of a larger team, your skills, they have to be always up to date, right? 94% of CIOs and CISOs agree that attracting and retaining talent, it's just increasingly critical to those roles access uh, more than 7,200 hours of content available with ACI Learning. So that's this is how you keep yourself up to date, consistently adding new content to keep you at the top of your game. Your team is going to thank you for the training because not only are you keeping them up to date, it's also very entertaining. ACI Learning's completion rate is actually 50% higher than their competitors because people enjoy it, right? You'll stick around longer if you actually enjoy what you're learning and what you're watching. ACI Learning is excited to introduce cyber skills. This is a solution uh, to future-proof your entire organization, not just the IT department. It's a new cybersecurity training tool for all members of your organization. It's cybersecurity readiness and awareness training for non-IT professionals. So everybody can get on the cybersecurity train. With CyberSkills, you get flexible on-demand training covering everything from password security and phishing scams all the way to malware prevention, network safety. Uh, Your employees are going to stay motivated. They're going to stay engaged. And the learning process just it's really easy to follow along with. You've got some really great materials to integrate into the experience with a simple one hour course overview. Your employees actually gain attack specific training and knowledge check assessments based on common cyber threats that they're going to encounter. They will at some point on a daily basis. They'll also gain access to bonus courses, documentary style episodes, 
so your employees can actually learn about cyber attacks and breaches in their own style. It really is a very active learning experience. ACI Learning helps you invest in your team and entrust them to thrive while increasing the entire security of your business. It's exactly what you want. And you can boost your enterprise cybersecurity confidence today with ACI Learning. Be bold. Train smart. Visit go.acilearning.com slash twit. Twit listeners can receive up to 65% off an IT Pro Enterprise Solution Plan after completing their form. And this is based on the size of your team. You'll actually receive a properly quoted discount that's tailored to your needs, to that uh, team size that you have. So check it out for yourself. Go.acilearning.com slash twit. We really thank ACI Learning for being with us. Uh, I mean, uh, IT Pro has been with us for a very long time. ACI Learning has been with us all year long, as you've seen uh, throughout our content this year, and we can't thank them enough. So thank you, ACI Learning. And uh, yeah, go go.acilearning.com slash twit. Check it out for yourself. Okay, so Amazon had a thing, or I th- actually, I think they're still having a thing. It's the uh, reInvent conference in Las Vegas this week and had a number of announcements so far, all pretty much, well, at least the things that I threw in here anyways, AI related. They've got some new AI chips um, that increase you know, performance energy efficiency. Everybody's kind of doing this these days. The big tech companies, they're all, you know, creating their own uh, AI chips to really tap into their offerings. Um, Amazon actually has two. They've got the Trainium 2, which is intended uh, for running trained models. And then they've got the Graviton. Graviton? Gra- I want to say Gravitron, but that's a that's a ride at the fair. Either um, that or a, or a character in Transformers. Oh, yeah, that could be a character in Transformers. That's true. Uh, it does skew Transformer. Uh, Graviton 2 um, for uh, based on ARM architecture and uh, consuming less energy than Intel and AMD chips. And that's that's interesting. I get a little lost in the, in the chip stuff. I'm kind of like, okay, neat. I'm sure somebody can really geek out on that stuff. What I'm really interested in, though, is this chat bot. Oh, and I, I got a bone to pick oh, with Amazon Uh-oh. about this chat Uh-oh. bot. And Ooh. I know at least, Jeff, I, I know for certain you can, probably, um, you can probably understand this bone. <laughs> They're calling it Q. And I just don't understand. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't there a Google? In this day and age, 2023, Uh, almost 2024, why is anyone calling anything Q? I could not agree more. Same with (laughs) OpenAI. OpenAI has Q star. And it's just like, come on, guys. We got to strike this letter from the alphabet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... it's, I screamed about that on Twitter. People, oh, no, you're busy. I got this whole long lecture about how, well, Q has a basis in early computers. Do you watch the news, people? Uh, I get it. There, there are other basis for oh, you know, that integrate with AI uh, terminology over the years that you could choose uh, other than Q. Didn't think I would that. say at this point has enough baggage that you probably want to avoid it. Didn't but think about that. Oh, that's boy. me. But anyways, it's an AI chatbot. It's really more designed for business. Uh, it's not actually a consumer uh, AI chatbot mm-hmm. at all. But um, yeah, Amazon getting into the chatbot game. Uh, with its, you know, cloud architecture now integrating kind of these chatbots um, as an option. It actually connects to all these different services. Uh, I, I believe through what is it called? It's called Bedrock. Uh, so Microsoft 365, Dropbox, Salesforce, Zendesk. 
um, and allows people allows businesses to really create. Again, we're we're in the same realm. They're all offering it now. This customed, this customized uh, chatbot experience mm-hmm. designed to match just the you know the the details that you feed into it through your business. So the idea there being right. it's safe, it's secure, it's private. You're not sharing information with us right. that we're gonna use to train our models. It's all kind of like siloed for the most part. Wow! There we go, the Q chatbot. I had I didn't think anything about this with Amazon. All I thought about with Amazon was this was quote Black Friday and quote Cyber Monday and how disappointing I was. Uh, disappointed <laughs> I was in the, the Amazon pricing yeah. uh, these last couple of days. Uh, did any of you all try to do something with the holiday shopping yes. or? Did, did anything work out or was it just a typical, oh yeah, this is the same old 20% off you had two weeks ago on these products? I, because it the, used to be, I remember the whole, I remember people things were biting being each like other's arms off, 50% up at Best off, Buy. 40% yeah, off. Right. And some, now granted, some of it was junk. I have to put my glasses down. Some of it was junk. <laughs> um, you know, the TVs were, were junk back then, but you know, but they were. 50% off, 60% Did off. Did you ever participate in those doorbuster thingies? No, but I, I I appreciated that they did have things really marked down. I did go and look, but I yeah. never bought any of them. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like people, don't forget. So right. Yeah, well, that's true. That, yeah, if you don't like people, definitely thing. don't do one of those. I've never done one yeah. of those. And either. then on Cyber Monday, you go to the office and jump on the, the company internet and, and try to shop while your boss isn't watching and you're working, no, you're you know, shopping. sometimes, sometimes you'd find some really good deals and I haven't seen any quote black Friday, cyber Monday deals in a handful of years now. And this year just really stuck in my craw, if you will. I put a picture in our discord, uh, took some screenshots of just some random things that I would have looked for. Um, camera wise, uh, let me see. Yeah, one is a Canon camera, and it was marked down for 17% off. Mm. And I've seen it for 20% off just a handful of weeks ago. You know, so does this marketing even matter anymore? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, does that even matter anymore to anybody? I mean, it must because... Another story in the rundown, $9.8 mm-hmm. in online wow. sales in the U.S. on Black Friday. Man, what did they buy? Record figure, according to Adobe Analytics. Wow. Sales were up 7.5% over last year's numbers. Dude. I wonder so, what they bought. So it's working. I mean, I bought a lot of stuff on Black Friday, but like- What did you buy? Yeah. Well, you I can mean, share. it was all like presents for, you know, presents for the girls primarily um, and, and my wife and my mom. Were, were I mean, they So were they legit- deals when you looked at it well i mean some of them were i mean really the way i enter a black friday experience or at least did this year is i already had list you know i had a list created of the things that i was going to get and so i was like okay where can i find the best price for this today Mm. and so sometimes there were deals but but it was never like like i guess what i'm saying is I don't approach Black Friday of like, I'm going to open the app and, oh my God, that's a TV for 50% off. I must have it because it's like this deep discount. That's like, how I have an idea it. what I want. But that's how they push Where can it. I find the best price? That's, yeah, because that's, that's, that's how, how advertising they works. Yeah. They, they're yeah. like, okay, it's Black Friday's coming up and it's going to be this, that, and yeah. the third or what have you. And at one time, it was that kind of magnitude of discounts. But now yeah. it's let, no, let me, no different. Let me tell you something as old as the old guy here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Doorbusters, I need are attached to my shoulders. Not to my shoulders. <laughs> or, or the bottom of my foot, Joe Esposito. Those are, those yeah, are also doorbusters, too. That's a doorbuster. <laughs> how did it, how you get did it older? Work, you get older and you just don't need stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Guess I better get older because I'm tired of tired of needing stuff. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Kim M and Discord. Yeah, I get it. it's advertising, but what I'm saying is, I remember seeing ads for this is going to be forty percent off, sixty percent right. off, and you showed up to those stores and it was forty, sixty percent off. Now people are saying up to forty percent off, and mm. it never gets to forty percent off. You know, it never gets there. It's always roughly 10 to 20 percent off, which is the same deal that they would do for the Veterans Day sale or the Memorial Day weekend sale. Or it's, Prime Day. You know, yeah. Or Prime. Yeah. Even Prime Day was been pretty sh- uh, craptastic. You know, it's just. <laughs> Good catch. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for coming But, but, but I agree. Chain. I don't. I, I've tried to go on Prime Day and think, well, I'll see what inspires me. I. A, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they recommend things to me that I couldn't possibly care less about. Yeah. yeah. Amazon back way back in the day used to have good recommendations and they let you tune the, the recommendations so that you got better recommendations. I used to love the book recommendations. All that's just so gone now. Yeah. I look at it and I see this whole overwhelming pile of stuff I don't need and then walk away. Yeah. You know, right now I'm in my Amazon and I'm just, because I've been in there for the last couple of days and the family's been in here the last couple of days, it, it it's pulling up stuff for the history as it should. And it said, well, here's some deals based on the things that you've been looking for. And every single one of them is 20% off. Well, no, there's a 34% off, but most of it's like 20% off. And I'm thinking that's, this is not special <laughs> like it used to be, you know, yeah. this is just another day. I don't know. First world problems, fake doorbuster. Right? Do they still do the doorbuster thing? Because I'm you no. Know, that, that was that was, that a, big, was a thing. Oh. That was totally a thing. That was the circular. It was like be here at five a.m. and none of that. You know. Then you got all the videos of people trampling. I mean, I just found those videos depressing. I was like, oh my god, really? they were depressing. Is it worth that? I went one time. People camping out yeah. for days and like you know near near fist fights because they want to get the last TV. You know, I went just, one oh, time ugly. in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, on Thanksgiving, this is a handful of years back, and I remember leaving my mother's house, and I said, "All right, mom, I'm going to leave a little early because I'm curious to see what this Black Friday stuff is about." Even though this is a daggum <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> and it was it was crazy traffic to get to the Best Buy and that whole shopping center there because people were in, and it was raining, and people were camped out, long lines, people with chairs and stuff, and. There were there were decent prices in there on, on yeah. some things, but yeah. not anymore. Do you ever use uh, Camel Camel Camel? I used to, where yeah. it sort of tracks the price. I, yeah. I used to um, that, that that especially on a day like Black Friday or, or Cyber Monday, I I use that site a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, where does this act, a discount was actually? It, did you use a disco around? What's that? Did you use a disco around? Yeah, a handful of times. Yeah, yeah. If I was pulling something up and it said it was, what discounted, do you find? It was like. I can't remember. There, there was one 
Oh, I mean, it's going to sound so boring, but there was a dish, uh, like a dish dinner <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm sleep. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, we got our list of the things that we need, and it might not be sexy. I'm not walking out with you. Know, it I'm not clearly ain't clicking buy on a TV because we have a TV. But we do need a dish drainer, Aunt. <laughs> and the dish drainer that we and you want. Need to he's so discount. grown up yes. now, little Jason. <laughs> yeah, I flex, Doctor Do. That's right, dish drainer. Oh, um, but you know, got that thing for forty percent. I was happy, you know. Oh, 40% I off. I feel like Will Ferrell in that so movie. So it's forty percent by forty percent off of five dollars, huh? No, no. It, <laughs> it, was, it was more. It was a simple human brand dish drainer. And Ooh, if you knew fancy. your dish drainers, I clearly don't. Jason, Jason, do you, do you do you miss Bed Bath and Beyond? <laughs> Sometimes you know. It just when I had a day off and I want to take it easy, I just want to take a trip out to the Best Buy and wander around, you know. And I don't get to do that anymore. Yeah, I'm, I miss oh, it. Oh gosh! I take my my coupon that was mailed. You know, the $20 off coupon. Jammer like, B nods with approval in the back. Week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jammer B's Best Buy is a depressing place now to go in person. I went recently, and it was sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went in here looking for a it's keyboard. Just, you just go but it's fascinating, it's just Paris, how the business yeah. model has changed. It's now, it's now a human advertising space. What, explain. What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. Best Buy? Yeah. Human advertising. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, you, it's because it's because it's marketing space. So oh. you know, Apple has a space, Microsoft has its space, I see. Google has its little counter, and they're paying for that presence. I see, and so, so that people can actually have a place that they can go in and play right. the, with the things that they are. I was once often involved. just going to leave and then order online because right, of which they well. So I, I did some consulting back in the day for Best Buy, and and one idea one of the executives had was to have a guy at the door saying, I know what you just did. You went over, you looked at that laptop. I know what you're going to do. You're going to go home. You're going to buy it online. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously? Threatening the Calling customers at the out. door. Wow. Yeah. I had that happen to me. What a great me. idea. I've had that happen to me, actually. Yeah. You, you're going to, you, I know what you're going to do. Because they, they look at me and they see I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. First, no, no. You, you don't like out. people. Right. <laughs> and, and they see me in there literally just sort of taking notes kind of thing. And okay, and then I'm. I'm, and I'm out the door. I'm literally in there five minutes, and I've had someone stop me at the door and it's like, "Sir, look, let us help you out," kind of thing. You now, know? okay, so what does that mean, though? Does that mean price negotiable, or does that's that? That's exactly what it was. Oh, okay. That's exactly. What and it did was. they did, did that it work? Win you over? It worked that time. Okay. It worked. Oh, yeah, because I got a good deal. Did he? Yeah, I got a yeah. good deal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the other thing is, the I was once involved. Negotiating is is inconvenient slash uncomfortable, though. You know, I'm like John, so you're gonna save me a buck. I, I'm listening. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm listening. Sometimes I'm in the right mind frame for that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I don't. Even I'm care. listening, I just don't but talk to you. well, I'm listening, but it is a a bit of a short short leash because I don't want to. I don't want your spiel. I don't want your yeah, story. Right. Let me let me get it in black and white. Okay, so you're gonna save me a hundred bucks. Okay, cool. Right. Else. Deuces. Yeah. Yeah. So I was once involved in a, in a project. This is weird because of what would Google do? This guy came to me who used to be the president of one of the biggest malls in, in, in the in the world. And he said, I, I have this idea and I've got to talk to you because somehow Google meant something to him. And I ended up part of this whole project where his vision was that he was, we were going to take over a gigantic white elephant mall that wasn't done. And, um, 
the idea was that it's marketing space. The whole thing is marketing space. That you don't go into, you don't go into buy. You go in and and you go and you can see the fashion and the gadgets and the cars and everything else. And you can look at them and you can answer questions about ask questions about them and play with them. And then, yeah, you can order them right there. And maybe they, maybe you know you get a cut. But what the way you make money is by charging the brands to be there, mm-hmm. which is really kind of interesting. That's Did that go anywhere? Uh, no. I, 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 should I say this or not? Um, yes. It's so long ago. It's so long ago. Break your NDA. So it was in New Jersey, and for various reasons, no, it didn't. Somebody else got it. Uh, but one of the conditions that the then governor wanted to put on us was that we had to work with Donald Trump. <laughs> mm. And my guy said, no, no, no. Wow, I love the alternate reality where you were in the pocket of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> your advertising mall. The, uh, the, the, the state person said, it'd be great. There could be an Ivanka boutique. No. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. Imagine. Uh, I can imagine. No. In no an no. alternate world. My, Somewhere my on the universe, was, this exists, though, Jeff. And yeah. You were yeah. right there with it. Somewhere out in the world, you're cutting a big, big red ribbon in front of a store that's just giant red ties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, the red the red ribbon is a giant red tie. That's what I like that. It's very like that. Yeah, true. That, that would be a good good gimmick. Um. <laughs> anyways, okay. So, any any other like Black Black Friday shopping that's more exciting than a dish drainer? <laughs> sorry for derailing. Sorry, that's. <laughs> That's all I could come up with. But did you buy anything exciting, Paris? I'm trying to think. I don't think I did. I think I got, I'm going to a wedding this weekend and I'd been meaning to buy a dress for it online and truly did not mean to buy it on Black Friday, but I just forgot. So I guess that counts. Okay. It was at a discount. All right. I was trying to get a new lens maybe for my camera, but I got overwhelmed by the options. So I didn't buy anything. Yeah, I can understand that. And it don't matter. They were only 20% off too. So that's the thing. They weren't, I was like, it's not, it's not worth it. Yeah. I'm going to go into a local camera store and ask them questions, I yeah. guess, before I make a decision. Well, 20% is 20%, especially on a lens that's like $1,000 or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm not going to get a $1,000 lens. I'm going to get probably a cheaper one. So it's like not, it's like 50 bucks probably okay. is going to be the difference. But what questions do you have? I can answer them real quickly. <laughs> Here's your salesman. I was thinking about sell, emailing you. <laughs> Should like, I get an, a different lens for my can- Canon camera that I use as a webcam? I'm just using the out of the box kit. It's like um, no, because right two now you look away fine. From me. Right now you look totally okay, fine. Cool. It's a good, beautiful image. You, if anything, you'd get something that's got a wider aperture, but it, it's not necessary. You know? That's kind of what I figured. Eventually, after doing some research, I was like, ah, they're all so expensive, and I don't know if I was going to get one. I'd probably have to get like a fixed lens or prime lens. And I don't you a, know. You, which yeah, you want to do a prime in this instance, but again, if all you're going to do is just slap it on your quote webcam. Keep that money in your pocket, please, ma'am. Thank you. Wow. And so right. instead of saving 20%, you saved 100%. Wow. This is my real Black Friday. <laughs> well, well, I actually saved event 80% percent because it was 20% <laughs> off, so it wasn't the full 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for keeping us honest. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think actually we do need to take a break and then I don't know where we're going to go from there. So how about y'all take a look and we'll do, wasn't 
Oh Didn't boy. Leo do this recently? We're like, all right, everybody pick a thing. Yeah. You want to talk about he, it? Was, he, he was just tired. Yeah, he, he was, was worn out that day. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little tired, too. <laughs> so I could use that as my excuse. Sure. Let's try. <laughs> all right. So y'all can uh, take a look at the doc and pick out a story that you you want to champion or you just want to make sure that we talk about. But um, I'm going to take a break. Thank the sponsor of this episode of This Week in Google brought to you by Milio. This episode of This Week in Google brought to you by Milio here at Twit. We are users. We are fans of Milio Photos. And right now, for a limited time, Milio is offering a holiday gift bundle. So, you know, if you missed out on, you know, we were just talking about Cyber Monday and Black Friday and online shopping and everything. Don't worry about it. Get the holiday gift bundle from Milio. It, um, basically, this means that it's the perfect time to get started, right? The holiday gift bundle includes one full year of Milio Photos Plus, easy-to-use editing software, Radiant Photo. You also get a premium membership to the photographer community platform, ViewBug. So it's like... It's like a, you get a whole package deal, essentially. Milo Photos recently dropped the year's biggest update, offering even more customization, more accessibility options, and control to how you handle your digital libraries. I know my library is large. Milo Photos really is, is a wonderful way to keep it organized. It's awesome. I'm so used to using Google Photos and using Milo Photos. I don't know. I, I really like kind of the, uh, the software-based approach that I've been been using recently. Milio Photos Plus offers even more by letting you connect all your devices and you can take full advantage of the new shared albums and spaces tools uh, to share your media with customized control and privacy. Uh, spaces actually lets you sort and organize files into subject specific views. So, you know, you could have one view for family, one for work, personal, private. You can create custom spaces for whatever you happen to want. And this actually opens the door for more productive uh, collaborations with your team or automatically sharing photos with family members who are signed into the account, that sort of stuff. And with remote control, you have full control over what's visible and which tools are actually available on each device connected to your account, no matter who it is. And so it's perfect for work portfolios, for managing project assets, for personal organization, of course, what I use it for. And you can even use Milio Photos for free on one device. And that really does kind of get you into the experience and, you know, you'll find you'll get hooked. Get 25% off your first year of Milio Photos Plus today for a limited time. You can check out the holiday gift bundle for even more great deals by going to our special URL. That's Milio.com slash twit25 for your 25% discount. That's M-Y-L-I-O, mylio.com slash twit25. Download Mylio Photos Plus for free. Do that free. Just download it right now at mylio.com slash twit25. And we thank them for their support of this week in Google. All right. So we'll start with the the person sitting in the room with me. <laughs> And Pruitt, what do you want to talk about? I, I was thinking <clears throat> the only one that really got my attention was I knew you were the, gonna pick this one. the Adobe and Figma deal. Yeah. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, Adobe's $20 billion purchase of Figma would harm innovation. UK yeah. regula regulators provisionally fined. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I get that we want competition in any of these 
these these spaces, be it uh, software or cars or whatever. I get that, but at the same time, if a merger can bring a bre- a better product to the masses, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, Mr. Jarvis, I know you have some background far as with dealing with competition and, and antitrust and so forth, but where does this fall here for you in, in your opinion? Yeah, I didn't know, but I was going to ask you, Ant. I, 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 again, I think <laughs> it's I don't know fine. <laughs> I think it's totally fine that they would team up. Um, Figma has resources, but they don't have Adobe resources. Well, that know? was that was a question that I had when I was reading through this because, like, I'm very familiar with Adobe. Like, I, well, I should say I've interacted with Adobe. Mm-hmm. I have not used Figma, mm-hmm. but the way this article is written and and the way that they're kind of spelling out, you know, Margot Daly, who's the chair of um, the independent group that conducted the investigation, basically said Adobe and Figma are two of the world's leading providers of software for app and web designers. Our investigation so far has found that they are close competitors. This has the potential to impact the UK's digital design industry by reducing, you know, choice innovation, development of new competitive products. And I guess when I read that, I was like, wow, I did. I guess I didn't realize that Figma was that major of a player. They're pretty good. Um, But then at the same time, Adobe has been trying to do a lot of the things that Figma does from a design standpoint and in user experience standpoint and they were getting there but they're still mm. they weren't figma and adobe knew that and said you know what if you can't beat them join them mm-hmm. let's make an offer which is what most companies do anyway yeah. i mean and figma agreed to is, it <laughs> figma was like yeah sure i mean yeah it's like the biggest sale of a private company i think ever at the yeah. time yeah. wow um, and Figma is huge yeah. among graphic designers. Yeah. It is like the product as far as kind of interactive or collaborative website design yep. and um, interface design. I so I think Adobe okay. was a bit afraid. Yeah, Adobe was getting there. Figma was eating its lunch. Yeah, Adobe was getting there, but they wasn't there yet. And again, I think it's one of those lines of, well, if we can't beat them. Let's... Biome. Well, but that's, I think you've just, you've just made the antitrust yeah, argument. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it precisely. Yeah. But at the same time, Figma's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Our, our, our routing number is here. Of know? course. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Of course. So I, I don't what does know. that do to the, the design industry, you know, as, as far as the. Well, but then also. Let's say this deal does go through. Who's to say that there's still not a bit of the Figma DNA involved in what Adobe brings forth in 2025 or so? You know, because again, Adobe has been trying to, to I shouldn't say mimic, but mimic what Figma has been doing and get some of those customers. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that they, they, they were not, they purchased this this company and still use a lot of their developers that are there in the house and, and use a lot of their um, design aesthetic to help make the product even better for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. not just people that well, were formerly Adobe and not just people that were formerly Figma. It's for everybody. Well, so, okay, so that happens. There is still a Figma to compete against them with, the, with that feature set versus there not being that if, if uh, Adobe... Yeah. Of buying Figma, and I think that's at the yeah. that's at the core of it. Then I'm sure that there's other open source options. options out there too, but of course they don't necessarily um, 
compete as well. You know, mm-hmm. and yes, I know a lot of our Twit listeners are open source advocates, but I gotta tell you, um, Gimp, well, not very good, and in Inkwell, not quite as good as Illustrator. You know, it just it is what it is. And low user count by comparison, it, definitely. So then I, I think even more you're, you're, you're making the case, you know, you're, you're well, making just, it make more Adobe sense. Prosecutor Adobe did it right, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Adobe did it right. Adobe did it right if Adobe wants to, yeah, swallow up the competitor and, and I, I don't know. make more I, money as a result. But I, I think what they're arguing is, yeah, but what are we left with if we let you do that? Yeah. We're left with one dominant player and a couple of. Um, yeah, at least you know what I you're. I think saying. you're going to be called yeah. as an expert witness, and there we go. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't Adobe's see anything the phone wrong right now. I don't see anything wrong with the deal, um, but that's just me. I, I just see this being an end game of, of a better product out there that's available. Now, mm-hmm. if, if Adobe decer- decides to turn into jackasses and charge a ridiculous amount for it, yeah, that's a problem. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, Paris, Paris. throw to you, Paris. What did you see? I, um, I feel like this week I was particularly interested in Elon Musk going kind of mask off in his sharing of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Um, this was a headline uh, I saw and I admittedly, I did not read into it because I just, yeah, he, uh, had posted a, a meme that pretty much just kind of goes into the Pizzagate conspiracy theory um, earlier this week and then kind of deleted it either this afternoon or yesterday. Um, And it was just kind of stunning to me because it is the sort of thing where, I mean, we talk a lot of crap about Elon Musk on this podcast because he's a funny man and does weird things. But this is, I feel like, a new level. The C, or I guess the owner of a tech company using that platform to spread misinformation mm. is kind of beyond the pale. And this is coming on the heels of his whole anti-Semitic tweet. Yeah. Oh, boy. Period, yep. where a bunch of different uh, advertisers have already pulled out. I believe he had to go, he met, I think, with a member of the Israeli government recently to try and say, hey, I'm not anti-Semitic. It really just feels like it's all happening at once here. And I just wonder where this leaves us. If we don't condemn, uh, part of my argument that I that I make is, is that we're still building the internet brick by brick. And if we don't condemn Musk, then... We opened the Overton window for him. However, I can hear someone saying, well, then why are you still on Twitter, Jarvis? And it's the right question because there's also people there I care about. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we grapple with this nihilistic, narcissistic a-hole uh, who's in charge of so much of our public discourse? It's, um, yeah. I saw something the other day, somebody on, on Twitter, a journalist, said that, that Musk kind of got corrupted by the internet. no. Musk is corrupting the internet. <laughs> corrupting I mean, I think it's a vicious internet. cycle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the whirlpool that he's that he's sitting in. I yeah. didn't see I didn't even know anything about this story, but then again, I've I've sort of stepped away from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you know, I don't Yeah, know it I mean. was essentially 
he had posted a meme and he sa- deleted it too. That like he then deleted it after it was viewed 15 million times. I think that's um, a big story right there. The fact that he deleted it, considering he's Mister Free Speech, and I'm going to do what I want to do. Why would he delete it? You know, did anybody ask that? Mm, he's just I mean, I think he was at Deal Book while we've been on this podcast, so maybe. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> Possible. Yeah. I ugh. yeah, must it is has has become one of those words that I just kind of tune out when I see a headline come across because I'm like, eh, this never ends well. <laughs> yeah, and they keep it's, it's, it's they keep reporting as if they should report yeah. what he says in these Well, moments. that's true. That's true. We're kind of yeah, I think uh, largely the um the industry is amplified is is yeah. is stuck in that kind of rut with with Elon Musk. It's like, well, we have to because he's notable, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, you don't actually. But but I also kind of understand where they're coming from because, like, what if you don't, and then that ends up becoming a really, really, really big deal? Then you weren't doing your job, you know? Yeah, I'm really surprised. But I, and I think I think it. in this case we kind of had to because as Taylor yeah. as, as Paris says, it's it's really awful. Yeah, it is awful. I know. And ignoring it doesn't doesn't change this anything. Just in from about fifteen minutes ago at the New York Times Deal Book Summit, where Elon Musk spoke, um, oh no. he apologized for what he called his quote dumbest ever social media post, referring That's to anti-Semitic anti-Semitic <laughs> comments. Yeah, but he told advertisers to go themselves. Okay. And I quote, actual thing well all right <laughs> he said Wait, uh, on stage like at the same thing on stage that? on stage he said quote i don't want them to advertise if someone is going to blackmail me with advertising or money go f- yourself go <sighs> yourself wow. is that clear hey bob if you're in the audience that's how i feel referring to disney ceo bob Iger. wow wow wait 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 paris <laughs> who reported was this the information or was it the times um, I mean, I think everybody report. I was just quoting from a CNN article because it's the first one that came. Did they out. use the F word? Um, they uh, asterisked it out, but I no, said it for you guys because I believe in free speech. We're, we're old guys. Uh, old Jammer B is over there twitching. But. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sorry for who has to bleep this out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, def- I think it's important bleep. that we get the get the news. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, oh, interesting though. Um, wow. He apologized and deleted. Well, he did, it. but he didn't. He didn't. That's the point. He didn't. Mm-hmm. That's not really right. an apology. No. no. Yeah. If you apologize and then tell the advertisers who left because of your comments to go f themselves, yeah, that's yeah. not really. No. Speaking of the advertisers, wait a second. Like, I, 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 what's I, next? As far as uh, Twitter's revenue. It, they're not going to get that many subscribers to keep it a floating boat, right? Who's I mean, going- no, I don't think the, before Elon Musk could even purchase them when Twitter had the most advertising revenue it has had in recent years. Mm-hmm. Still, again, not much. Mm-hmm. That wasn't enough for the site to be profitable. Obviously, they've slashed headcount, but Twitter blue subscribers only make up a fraction of a yeah, fraction yeah. of that revenue. And now they're losing. I think the recent totals have said that they've lost the equivalent of like $75 million, $75 million. for this year. Yeah. Um, I, you probably don't want to do this, Jason, but I just went, I just, I just searched Musk on, on Twitter and found the video. Uh, Yasha Ali <laughs> has the quote, the short one. What's interesting about it is the stunned silence in the room. After mm. he says, after he apologizes yeah, yeah, or after could, the F-bombs? 
Well, you can play it if you want. I mean, maybe you don't. Nah, Tamara B's going to kill you nah, if you we do. Won't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure we're not going to play it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But, there was, so there was stunned silence, and then he says it again, and then there was kind of like nervous twitters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, is this real? Is this guy saying this? Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> like it's super unexpected. But then at the Andrew same time, Sorkin, in retrospect, totally Aaron. expected. Yeah, yeah, and at the know, same you know. time, it is his platform. As much as we hate to admit that. Well, yeah, it is and it isn't. And is the, I don't believe it's a utility. It is his. You're absolutely right. He owns it. Yeah. But what responsibility comes with it? Yeah, we believe there is some responsibility to come with it, but doesn't necessarily does he believe he that doesn't necessarily means he believes that it's just this is another one of his yeah. toys another one of his and things that he owns you know and, and the the purchase of twitter was not predicated upon any sort of assertion that like okay if you buy this then no. you have to follow these no. these rules so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i agree it's it's his to completely destroy but i don't agree that he should yeah right, right. <laughs> and it's also I, I ours to fight for about that it's, you say it's for us to fight for it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what Fair. that's what what um, kind of came out from the Black Twitter Summit in February yeah. mm-hmm. was, you know, we built something here and you're going to have to rip it out of our hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's fair. I'd agree with that. Um, sometimes somebody yeah. said not there, but you, 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 once you gain territory, you don't give it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that squatting? Um, no, it's refusing to join in white flight to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, um, I think those are the only F-bombs in this show. (laughs) Everyone who's so far. Don't tempt me. Take them off now. I'm sorry, children. I'm sorry, children who are an hour and 45 minutes into this tech podcast. This is how they are put to bed at night sometimes. <laughs> they just go to sleep listening to the yes. Google change log. It works really well. It works really well. It puts them to sleep. Yeah, exactly. it works. <laughs> You're not a peep. Uh, Jeff, All right, I've got a, a fun one. Yeah, what's, I've what's got one a fun for you? one for you. Yeah, I've a, a nice, nice kismet here of two stories that come together. Great. But first is my favorite. It's new low in mantles. Mantles. That a tech conference um, made up women panelists. Oh, yeah. And had the AI make oh, them up. I Miss Adriana shared that with me. Event. Yeah. I had already put it in the rundown and she said, Oh, you're on top of things. I said, No, really, you're absolutely right. You were, you were, you were right there with me. Uh, but I, I couldn't agree more. Devternity a dev conference um, made up women. Like Anna Boyko has an impressive profile, says Gerge Orat, uh, as he's writing about this. And uh, uh, so he started looking her up and found out that she was not real. And um, there were others at the conference too. And then the conference organizer got very, I I guess we could call it now musky and uh, (laughs) told people to screw off. And the and everybody's canceled out of the conference, so don't do that, fella. Wrong and stupid. So then that was the one story. Then the next day is Sports Illustrated, which is not in its former glory, um, 
has fake authors, also made up authors writing product reviews. Oh. Now, Sports Illustrated is now owned by a marketing company. It's, oh, it's lost. SI, it's come on. Glory. Yeah, SI ate what SI was, my friend. <sighs> and so they had AI generated content. Uh, and they, the vendor tried to assist. It wasn't that they used fake authors. In any case, it was all fake. It was all ridiculous. And um, the staff is up in arms. But I think somewhere there's a machine that's making up a fake conference for the fake speakers and the fake authors <laughs> to come together. Out of them with legs on, but that's another story from from Paris. <laughs> okay, so if this developer conference, I, I remember looking at it just briefly. They do more than one conference. They do a, a handful of conferences. Yeah, um, I think he's he's hurt. So it was canceled, by the way. How, how, yeah. I wonder how many, you know, what was their attendance like prior to this? You know, because this isn't something they just started doing today, conferences-wise. This isn't their first time, first rodeo. So, Well, what it, what it says is they got pressure, as they well should have, for having mantles. Yeah. Right? And then, were they not going to be found out? Like, well, gee, I saw that Anna was here. On, oh, no, Anna had to cancel. Well, yeah. that's what's Anna's so weird to me. Like, yeah. how, how do you do that and not think that at some point someone's going to notice? And is that, like, how do, you, how do you negotiate with yourself that that's a risk you're willing to take? It makes me wonder and, how often. And how is it not difficult? Like, how is it difficult to actually get... <laughs> Women on the, I like, mean, clearly they didn't the think that they were going to. They're like, well, we don't have a placeholder actual woman we could put in here. So we'll just keep these fake women here yeah. until we find one. And then they're like, well, <laughs> yeah, we right. kind of forgot about that. Do you oh, all think yeah. this is happening with some of the other conferences? Because people do cancel and not able to show up for some of these things. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's I've 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 ended, I can't remember the last time I ended up on a mantle. Mm. And in fact, Three people had canceled. That's true, yeah. but it's not a, it's not a good of excuse. Yeah, at some point you cancel the panel rather than having a mantle. Uh, okay, good point. I, I appreciate the the rhyming that's happening whether you're <laughs> whether you're trying to or not. It's just... Somebody give Jeff Jarvis a beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, yeah, it's so weird to me that that things like that happen. I'm almost like. Seriously, you really thought that no one was going to figure that out? Like, I just don't even understand what's going through people's minds. Yeah, it's craziness. Um, what about so we mentioned it earlier when we were talking a little bit about um, Amazon's Q thing, and we didn't really touch in uh, touch base with Open AI because that has been wow. I mean, I know I realize you guys you all talked about it last week on the show, and it was the really big news. You know, the whole the weekend drama and everything, but we're now a, a week further. And I think last week's show, we didn't know anything about the Q star thing. Right. And now we right. do. Well, and, we kind of do. Well, well we now really we know, know something much. about it. Yeah. We know supposedly. that it's a thing. Supposedly. And I'm trying to figure out like, what does it actually mean about an AI system? It, and I guess, I guess the, um, what is it? It's Q star. There, there's people who were close to, all the events that that went down with OpenAI, who are at least leaking to the press that um, that this QSTAR effort in OpenAI is is a breakthrough. It enables it, it brings us one step closer to um, AGI to artificial general intelligence. And one thing that is capable of yes. doing. Sorry, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, one thing that it brings us closer <laughs> to is the ability to solve, at least in, according to these reports, simple math equations and 
you know, what does that even mean about an AI system if it can do that? It means that it can get that one right answer, the one and only right answer that is possible. It means that it's able to reason um, in a way that at least, well, reason in air quotes. In a we way don't, that we don't could, throw that word around. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Sorry. I'll go ahead and put my fingers in the air. Um, in a way that closer resembles humans, at least according to the things I read, not that it is that or reasoning at all. Um, and that, you know, it, the questions around like what kind of applications are capable are, are possible if we have an AI system that is able to do these things. And so I have more questions than answers, I guess, as far as I want to yeah, hear Paris from the wisdom of the information on this first. Yeah, I mean, I think I guess some important details about this is that um my colleagues had reported i think last week uh, that the interesting thing about q star is that it was able to solve math math problems that it hadn't seen before which is an important technical milestone and kind of a demo of this model that had circulated with an ai in recent weeks uh the pace of the development had alarmed some researchers focused on ai safety um which kind of speaks to these, I guess, larger brewing tensions within the company that even now, like a week or more later after the whole um, exodus, defenestration of Altman and his return, we still really don't have answers to. We don't know what exactly the board was concerned about safety-wise or relating to his candor, if those concerns are valid or not. And no one, it seems like, within the company outside of the board members, some of them were not even on the board, have really like spoken about this, which I think leaves us with a lot of important questions about a very yep. important technology. Yeah, the Reuters story that first kind of broke this, a lot of people in the field got really mad at the Reuters story saying, you're you're swallowing this idea that it exists. You're quoting, quoting no real source and you don't really know what actually it does. Then there were fascinating fights. Jan LeCun, I'm just loving. The Meta's guy in charge of AI because he just shoots bullets at everybody's bubbles and, and delights in doing that. <laughs> so he got into a whole bunch of fights this week with people on different topics um, with with uh, Jeffrey Hinton and others. Uh, but also I've, I, I, to, to, to further um, plug the information, uh, there was a very good story on the Hugging Faces CEO by Stephanie Palazzolo. Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. She's uh, the AI, our, she's she writes our person. AI newsletter we were just talking about. So they recently what, teamed what, up what, with Dale, right? Is that right? With Hugging Hug Face and Dale? Hugging Face? Oh, I think I did, they did something like that. Yeah, for their, for their hosting. Um, but he went through, he was speaking at, uh, I guess speaking at a company event. Margaret Mitchell is the head of global policy. And, I'm sorry, Chief, Chief Ethics Scientist, and Margaret Mitchell is one of the authors of the Stochastic Parrots paper, so that gives me a lot of mm-hmm. more faith in this organization than others. Mm-hmm. But, at the, but lower, lower down the story, it says, what comes after Transformers? And I think this is a critical part of this. We'll probably talk on the AI show a little about, about tomorrow, Jason, mm-hmm. just to give a plug in there for that. AI <laughs> Inside coming up AI tomorrow. Inside. Plug. For club members, um, is that uh, Transformers are the word prediction machines. That's not a reasoning machine. Right. And so to, to lash on to the word uh, prediction machine, uh, very expensively trained on the whole universe of all words, and to say, well, now we can make an ad. Wow. It can do childlike math. That must be, we're, we're an inch from AGI. I think it's BS. Yeah. 
Um, that's not to say that there can't be other models in other directions um, that are trained differently with different tasks. I think we might have hit the wall of what transformer-based stuff can do. And uh, it's not the path to AGI, in my view. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm not, not an expert, but it just, it just strikes me that the, that the gulf between here and there is just too great. Um, and the fact that this allegedly now they've added math ability rudimentary math ability doesn't prove reasoning to me, doesn't prove intelligence to me. A little more general task ability, okay, but I still think the limitations are huge. That's not to say that there aren't other things that are coming down the pike that can be very interesting. And that's why this this piece in the information really interested me. There's only two paragraphs about that part. But I think that's what you want to look for is what are the next models that come after Transformer? Yeah. And how quickly. Yeah, and it seems like this QSTAR team and kind of the various developments are working on getting these companies there. Uh, part of the breakthrough, I believe, um, that happened with QSTAR and this, all this work is um, Sootsgiver, who um, is one of the people who was kind of responsible for or calling the coup, but is still at OpenAI and is part of this. He, he had kind of led this like breakthrough at OpenAI that allowed them to kind of overcome limitations on obtaining enough high quality data to train new models, um, which has been like a major obstacle right. for generating mm-hmm. these next generation models. And I think as we start to get more and more breakthroughs like that, the questions we have to even answer, you know, about this technology and what it can do are going to change dramatically. Paris, it was really interesting at the, at the AI event I attended in San Francisco, there was a lot of talk about synthetic data. And in the big model world, oh, we don't have enough data. We've got to make up data. We got to, but then that strikes me as really kind of weird because you're having a machine make up the data. You don't know the validity of the made up data to train the machine on. At the same time, you have Lacoon and company who are saying, no, the future is small models, not big models. Mm-hmm. Do enough to train it that it can do the task. And then you have more control over it, which goes back to stochastic parents. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fascinating debates, I think. Um, well, the we're, other seeing, thing a lot, we're that, seeing a lot of that right now with this, the, the development of the kind of like the, the custom chatbots like AI and open AI and everything like that. You know, that's yeah. at least in, in some ways, that's an example of kind of narrowing the scope, but making it, you know, very specific to a, a, a certain target or a certain sector. I can't remember the meta uh, person you mentioned, but. You said he's been having arguments with Jeffrey Hinton. What, what was well? So Jan LeCun is Lacoon. the meta guy. <clears throat> um, the Gary Marcus piece I put in the rundown at line fifty-eight. Um, uh, so Gary Marcus is a really strong voice of caution, not in oh, the crazy is. religious way, but just in this uh, sanity. And I met him at the at the AI event, and I respect him. So Jeffrey Hinton is out there screaming, "Danger, danger! Will Robinson world going to blow up?" Right. And, and Jan LeCun is coming in and say, um, uh, so Hinton says, Jan LeCun thinks the risk of AI taking over is minuscule. This means he puts a lot of weight on his own opinion and a minuscule weight on the opinions of many other equally qualified experts. LeCun, who takes no crap, comes in and says, I just think the assumptions you and those equally qualified experts are making are wrong. And so do the vast majority of the no less qualified colleagues. Ooh. They go back and forth. And then comes in the Andrew Ning who was a founder of Google DeepMind. And I saw him too at this event and, and think he's very smart. And he points out the scientists don't do this by taking a poll. 
They don't say, well, so many scientists on this side and so many scientists on that side. And that's what this, you know, yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can kind of debate this has come down to. Yes, we can destroy the earth. No, we can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. That's the beauty of science. That's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Exactly. So then the other part of this is that Europeans were ready to pass an AI AI uh, regulation. And some countries said, whoa. Uh, we're always in this case where we're regulating. We don't build anything. We don't make any money that way. We're not employing people that way. As politicians, that's not a great thing to do. Let's hold off. And then that got the doomsayers all pissed off at the EU and the regulators who were pulling back. So that became part of this whole fight. Then in comes Max Tegmark, who's at MIT. He's a real doomsayer. And it's it's like watching... Um, performative wrestling mm-hmm. now. It, yeah. But it's performative wrestling among these people who are very smart and know a lot, a lot of which I can't explain. I don't know. Um, but it's fascinating to watch. Let me tell you, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it really does feel like wrestling, <laughs> wrestling on Twitter. Well, if you go down in that post I put up. Yeah. I um, see where Nano the uh, Fretas, uh, yeah. is, is say I admire Jeffrey Hinton, uh, Clune and, and Andrew, but as Andrew says, this is not about opinion. The world is listening. It is now time for more nuanced arguments and solid analysis drawn on real scientific, economic, and international relations knowledge. Well said. Amen. Well said. And if you go down lower in the post, you see that uh, Gary Marcus is trying to replace Joe Esposito with his uh, work <laughs> in illustration. <laughs> Good try, but you're no Joe Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those of you on audio, there are the uh, the gods of AI uh, in their boxing shorts. And gloves. Boxing gloves. All four of them. And gloves. Yeah. And little boxing shoes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> nice try. That's pretty good. Amateurs. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> Uh, interesting stuff. Should we do a little mini change log before we get on to the next, or actually before we do change log, is there anything else in here? Then we'll do change log and then we'll, is there any other AI stuff that you did? You did this week in AI? You did one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want to talk about Anthony Lewandowski's church of, of AI? I don't pay for Bloomberg. So I want to tell me about that one. Cause I don't pay for Bloomberg. So I don't know. Well, I mean, essentially, like, okay, this is all relatively new news to me. Apparently, Anthony uh, Lewandowski, former um, uh, Google, and he was with Waymo, right? He, he was he was the guy that that leaked the secrets. Yeah, that, that got right? into all yeah, kinds of trouble. Famously. Okay. Yes, famously, yes, famously yes. leaked the secrets of Waymo. Anyways, uh, apparently he's putting together, or and it has been since I think 2015. He originally founded this in 2015. A church for <laughs> worshiping and developing artificial intelligence. It's called the Way of the Future, and uh, he says, uh, with are, or without irony. Yeah, no irony here. I mean, as far as I can tell, this is without irony. If he's been working on this since 2015, uh, he says he bragged that it has a couple thousand people among its members. So there's that. Uh, there's always someone out there, I suppose. He says, quote, for the last four billion years, we've had organic life forms. Now, for the first time, things are changing. We're going to have inorganic life forms. We don't know what oh, these life forms are going to be, but we're going to fuse it with all these magical powers. We want it to give us things. He believes that thanks to AI, humans will soon, quote, actually talk to God and God can talk back to you. 
Oh, it's that's it's, it's okay. It's, that's the Church of AI. Oh, Anthony, no. you okay? You doing you doing all right, Anthony? But the thing is, Jason, this is just like Tescriel. It's just yeah. another. Well, no, another totally. I, I got that. Guns. And people in Discord have been have been wagering when they were going to hear Tescriel. People <laughs> in Discord were saying we should do a uh, drinking game based on Ten, when you mentioned Tescriel. Is I the think new that's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. And there we go. We got there. But totally, I totally agree, Jeff, when I was reading this. I was like, yeah, this really kind of merges into this, this familiar territory. You know, we, uh, we do need a twig bingo game. Yeah. yeah. We do. Get on that, guys. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the at the center gimme chip, that is Tesfrill. Like, we just. Yeah. Uh, actually, maybe, Tesfrill, maybe instead of bingo, it's Tesfrill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> T47. <laughs> so that's all it was, Jeff. There's really not a whole lot to it. I can't, I can't hardly even take Mashed that potato did note, did note this moment where I said Tesquerel is the new Gutenberg. Oh. <laughs> um, Thank you, chat. I did move up into here. You had put in, uh, I believe this was your your edition, Jeff, the David Attenborough. Oh, this is great. Um, AI oh, clone. So great. And oh, really? so great. So developer yes. created a system and cloned David Attenborough. So he's the you know the the, the narrator that you know, does all sorts of really compelling and engaging uh, documentaries. Nature, and stuff. yeah. Usually it's nature, yeah. nature stuff. Yeah. And so he did a model. He created a system that takes the model of David Attenborough's voice and mannerisms and everything, and combines that with a camera that looks at you and describes you as if you are a documentary. And I think we can play this because it's not on YouTube. Yeah, I think, so I think we're it's, good. It's, it's just you know, hilarious. What happens when David Attenborough narrates your life? So on the left, guy. I'm going to start yeah, my camera, which every five seconds uh, takes a photo. He's a young geeky guy with curly hair and glasses. Right, I'm going to start Weird. David Attenborough. David is watching. And now, as I move around, he... Here we have a remarkable specimen of Homo sapiens, <laughs> distinguished by his silver circular spectacles and a mane of tousled curly locks. He is wearing what appears to be a blue fabric covering, which can only be assumed to be part of his mating display. Dude, dude. At the subtle arch of his eyebrow. It's as if... He's in the midst of an intricate ritual of curiosity. <laughs> I mean, I think we all want this, right? <laughs> this I think hilarious. we need this for the show. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My. Oh yeah. But oh. okay, you, that that was that was that was a random comment that you, that you threw out there, Paris. But what that did for me is that made me realize, like. Holy cow, like that was a convincing replica of David Attenborough. Yeah. And it yeah. did a really great job of of recognizing what was on the screen yeah. and explaining it in a compelling way. Like I could actually listen to a book, yeah. like an audio book like that. Yeah. And just makes me wonder like, okay, so then if if that's right around the corner, it, maybe someday we will have virtual Leo sitting here at the set. I was going to say, we've got 47 years yes. Leo to don't plug in the loudly. Leo GPT. We could get it's that going happen. by the time he gets back. It's going to happen. And he's going to come back all mellow and quiet after having been you know, quiet for a week or whatever. <laughs> we could just, you know, get iLeo in there. Oh, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of audiobooks, sorry. Speaking of audiobooks, yes. Gutenberg, parenthesis audiobook is out on December 7. All oh, right. Congratulations. Excellent. Add that I to my talk slowly. 
for a long time. Did they keep telling you to slow down when you were reading? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> really? Wow. I can only imagine. Like, that's that's got to be an experience that's, I suppose, rewarding when you're done, but pure hell oh, while you're doing torture. it. Oh, it's torture. <laughs> and torture for the poor producer. Having yeah. To do with me. Having to having to edit around things. Oh, and, yeah. That, that wouldn't be an, an enjoyable audio editing experience, no. I wouldn't imagine. We just heard the convincing Attenborough, though. Like, they can't do that with AI yet? I mean, come on. Yeah, they are, they are yeah, doing right? it. They are doing some audiobooks with AI. Um, I've been pitched on one, and there's a guy I know that does audiobooks for different authors, and he's lost some gigs because AI has been popping in wow. and doing some books. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard stories about that as well. Um, I think there's going to be so there. I I, I saw at a, a Bertelsmann um, investment conference about a month or two ago mm-hmm. uh, how Hollywood is starting to use this stuff too, and they're getting adjustment tools, mm. so you can you can change the voice based on kind of the dramatic needs or the comedic needs. Right. And so I think we're going to end up with I might have said this in the show before with markup languages like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the text. And then you add in instructions to the AI voice uh, so that it can. And, and if you go, I'm sorry, it's Gutenberg moment here. If you go back <laughs> long ago, long ago, drink, have, have a good old Thank drink. Thank you. Gutenberg. You guys should um, be real drunk by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so back long ago, uh, punctuation was not about meaning. It was about timing. That yeah. A comma and a period and, and so on and a dash had certain meant of timing because it was all meant to be read out loud. Ah, uh, I see. Wow. So in a sense, punctuation was the first markup language for audio. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Emphasis gives you the emphasis for your syllable. Of the, of the right syllable. Oh, but yeah. you, your father said that too? <laughs> I don't know where I got that. Somewhere that's along That's I got the it line. from my father. Yep. Yep. <laughs> emphasis syllable. Yeah. Somewhere along the line. I don't, th- I don't think it was my dad though, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, with that, let's uh, check out the little miniature Google change log. The Google change log. Because I, I, I did look. I just found like a couple. There really wasn't a whole lot out there. You know, it's just one of those Google weeks. Um, slides, Google slides, getting a recording tool built into the app so you're going to find a little record button at the bottom at the right of the toolbar and you have a 30 minute limit so when you've got a slide presentation you can actually record the presentation i guess and play it back aren't there tons of tons of tools let you do this Uh, probably (laughs) recorders but not on google until now not integrated into google google's products so now it's integrated so you don't have to go with all those other ones out there it's uh, it's right there, right where you are. Uh, oh, this is pretty interesting. Google is going to begin to delete old accounts. Um, so if you have an old Google account that I, I, I think if you haven't logged into it since 2019, I think this is, I think I read that's where it kind of starts. Um, you'll want to do it because early December, starting December 1st, Google will begin to delete some of those old accounts if you haven't logged in. Is all you have to do to log in? Is that all you got to do? Yeah, that's my understanding is you just want to, and and then set yourself a reminder to log in once, I think it's every two years, but really 
Just log in once a year if if you want to keep it. That. Ain't I mean, that if hard. you want to let it's go, it's Google let it go. Login yeah. Day. A yes, exactly. Holiday. We all a little log bit of work for your free day. Google account, and this isn't a surprise. <laughs> Google has warned us about this yes. for yeah. months now. Yeah. Yeah, we've known yeah. that this is going to happen eventually, but it's like right around the corner. So it's it, uh, if you've not logged in on an account since 2021, so it's not 2019, it's 2021, um, it is at risk of being deleted. Once it's deleted, that email address, you cannot reclaim it, um, and nor can anyone else. That email address is, my understanding is like Which out, is of, out I don't of think the that run. was going to be the case nice. originally, but wow. I think that was, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know how you don't do that. If you don't, if you don't do that, you end up with a, an ongoing stream of nightmares for Google and people getting a new Gmail account and then getting some sort of, you know, highly sensitive information emailed to it because it belonged to somebody else before. And the hijinks continue from there. I have a quick question about that. Yeah. Um, What's up? So does my phone pinging the email server, is that enough? That's a good question. If it is pinging, it should be because you're logged in. Yeah, I suppose so. If you, I but mean, not that, everybody that would assume uses, that you're lo- actually logged in. I don't do an actual um, pull on my Gmail. I've, I've, when I go into Gmail on my phone, I literally have to tell it, "All right, now connect." But yeah. it's not a it's not a constant refresh kind of thing. But if it's constant refresh, yeah, you're logged in. Yeah, so. I do. I do this with a with a Google Voice number that I have mm-hmm. and, that we have, and that. It, Incoming calls come sometimes, very rarely, but we never make outgoing calls. We never log into it. And I get, you know, the email like once a year or whatever, like this Google Voice account is going to go away. And so I just have it in my calendar. And it's not for me, it's not enough to just log in. Like I'm I'm unconvinced that that's going to be enough to save it. So I actually like send myself a text message. And so maybe you do that with this, too. Just like if you're if you're continuously logged in. I don't know if it were, if it was my account, I'd just go over to it real quick and send myself an email and be like, okay, now I know I did something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, maybe it's unnecessary, but it would make me feel like um, better than if I hadn't. So, so yeah. Um, dot meme is a domain that exists apparently or oh, will boy. exist. So if you um, have a meme and you want to put a dot meme at the end of it, now you can. Yay. Um, sure. Really? Yeah, Google Registry just released this new TLD. You can get it. Miss Martin knows this going to be you. You're going to jump all over this one. No, I won't. <laughs> you can meme yourself. Labeling something as a meme. Yeah, is, kind I of like in, yeah, it's kind of totally. deflates the purpose. Uh, You're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Uh, oh, this is so unhip. Yeah. Google, kill it now. Paris, yeah. kill it now. Google. Put it right in the. Yeah, it'll be it done is. next. Put week. it right in the grave. Although, this is although where maybe memes going to die. Maybe like okay, Charlie bit my finger. Maybe instead of me having to go to YouTube and do a search for Charlie bit my finger, I just have Charlie bit my finger dot meme and that's all you ever need. Okay, to but all the okay. people who Archival. would be searching for a URL for Charlie yeah, bit my finger in the year of our Lord 2023 will <laughs> never understand what dot meme is. Yeah, They're going to totally. put dot com every time. Yeah, that's so true. Good point. Yeah. That's the that's the challenge with all these new TLDs. It's like oh, man, everybody's going to automatically opt for dot com. CharlieBitMyFinger.com. Does that actually exist? CharlieBitMyFinger.com. These are well, they sold it as a um, NFT at one point, right? Thank you, NFT. But then people got so upset that they brought it back. Oh, CharlieBitMyFinger.com is is currently squatted. Somebody owns it, but they're just sitting on it. Just in case you wanted to know, a uh, little opportunity for you. And finally. 
Uh, Google says it is looking into an issue that sees some user report, some users reporting that personal files that they had stored in their Google Drive account are disappearing from the cloud. This is service. a pretty big deal. Yeah, I'd be super. Yeah, upset. it's not what you want. Not yeah, not not what you expect. Um, you certainly don't sign up for that as a feature. Uh, apparently, this is related to their desktop oh boy. Uh, app. Oh boy. And um, a Google Drive team member was warning, telling users not to click disconnect account within the Google Drive for desktop um, because that might actually make this happen. Uh, They also warned against deleting or moving the app data folder, which I think that makes sense. Um, And make a backup copy. But anyways, Google knows where do you back up? Damn, this almost sounds like, okay, once you install this app, don't touch it. Never, ever do anything to it. You're ruined. Don't That's move anything, otherwise, poof. Because I think would would the rationale be if you move that data and then you open and then the app goes to sync and realizes the data isn't there anymore? It's like, oh, they deleted it. We should remove it from the server. I'm, yeah. I'm just guessing. I don't know if that's. Yeah. I'm just thinking works. about people that may have like multiple users on their home computers. Yeah. Um, and they may come in and just say, let me log out of the Google Drive from dad and log in as myself so I can put my stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. And um, that is the end of the Google changelog. That's it. <laughs> With that, I don't know. We have reached yeah. the end of the Google changelog. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure Scooter X is, is uh, oh, yeah, YouTube launching more than 30 playables, little mini games for premium U.S. users. There you go. Um, okay, let's um, let's take a break and thank the sponsor of this episode. And then when we get back, we will talk about some picks. I'm making a last minute pick adjustment. I had a pick and I'm removing it because I forgot. I have a really awesome pick to uh, to share with oh. you all. That's coming up. It might actually be kind of controversial. Actually, now that I think oh, about it. Oh boy! Ooh. So now you're really Spicy. gonna wait, right? <laughs> now you're gonna wait through the ad. This episode of this week in Google is brought to you by HID Global. Leave the stress of tedious PKI management behind in 2023. And now, you know, I mean, we're almost 2024, and stress less with complete. Certificate Lifecycle Automation from HID Global's PKI as a Service Model. With Google moving towards 90-day SSL certificates, don't get caught in a tough place. Automation is now, it's, you know, it's a must-have. And HID's model of automation does not require any additional hardware or software investment, no installs in order to automate the life cycles of your organization's certificates. For Google and Mac systems, HID's connector model of PKI uses open source certificate utilities. So your organization can use multiple operating systems, which happens to be really great for BYOD, bring your own device. Ease your procurement pains. With HID Global, you can get up and running in two weeks, and that's much quicker than its competitors. Their assistance with deployment always includes their incomparable Uh, white glove service, expertise, and knowledge. Plus, you'll receive ownership of private keys. HID takes care of your PKI so you can spend your holidays and weekends taking care of yourself, your family, and the things that matter to you outside of work. Visit hid.link slash twig demo today. That's hid.link slash twig demo. Thank you, HID, for HID Global, for your support of this week in Google. Um, okay. 
We have picks coming up here. Uh, Paris, let's start with you because I'm I'm super um, intrigued <laughs> about Chicken Run. I um on Sunday went to go see the 2000 era cinematic masterpiece Chicken Run in theaters <laughs> at Nighthawk Cinema in Williamsburg. Nice. Um, for those that do not remember, this is the kind of stop motion claymation uh movie about a flock of chickens on a farm in England trying to escape and honestly it holds up it is a phenomenal film um it with is or without drugs totally sober it was noon wow. on Sunday I mean it would be it would have been better if I was a little high I'm not gonna be not gonna say that's not true <laughs> but I was sober and it was fantastic honestly it was a yeah, uh, a, an allegory for the petite bourgeoisie's inherent suspicion of the working class you know you got two farmers who are really suspicious that their chickens are like unionizing kind of the whole time <laughs> it's great highly would recommend it's also i guess topical i found out recently because uh, a new chicken run is coming out on the 15th chicken run two dawn of the nugget dawn of um, the nugget. so oh keep your eyes out cool. for that yeah the team that made chicken run they're I became aware of them prior to Chicken Run. They were doing Wallace and Gromit shorts. And, yeah, Wallace uh, and Gromit is fantastic. Wallace and Gromit was great. I, th- I think that was before Chicken Run, or was it after Chicken Run? Yeah, it was before Chicken Run. Yeah, I thought so. Um, anyways, I, I I just really appreciate and respect their ability to do stop motion like that. It's just really remarkable. And uh, yeah, Chicken Run's fun. My uh, other pick of the week is a a video game that isn't Baldur's Gate 3, believe it or not. It is called Pentiment, available on Steam, PC, Xbox. It is a really cool game that is uh, set in 16th century Bavaria. And you are a... Yes, Jeff, as you might... It is related to the dawn of the printing press. The animation is all wood. The animation is all wood blocks. And it is about kind of the dawn of early printing technology. You are a illustrator, this guy, Andreas Mahler. You are there to, you know, do your little illustrations, the local monastery. But then a murder happens and you have to kind of like figure it out. But it's beautiful. And the recent, you know, dawn of printing press technology plays a big role in the game and all of the dialogue in the game in addition to you know being voiced and whatnot they have it in old like woodblock they have it in various different fonts it'll either be people who, you know characters that are more well read or knowledgeable might have actual printed letters like a printing press others might have handwritten of varying degrees of quality it rules it's a beautiful game so interesting and uh, it ties into the gutenberg press oh my hey, so here's gosh. the question can i play it on my chromebook um if you have steam downloaded steam and android is, is there steam, yeah. and steam and android yeah. yeah can you get steam on a chromebook if you can run android apps you probably can yeah, I can run Android apps. Can run yeah, Steam. then do it and play it. You'd love it, Jeff. It's honestly Ooh. really fun. Oh my Pentiment. gosh! Ooh. And you can you can report back on its historical accuracy. <laughs> it is incredibly <laughs> historically accurate. They had teams oh, really? of researchers. Oh. Yeah, it's actually incredible. They have teams of researchers. They have citations at the end of the game if you want to go through for any of the historical accuracy of this part of Bavaria at this time. 
It's really great. Wow. I want to get on stage at Gutenberg the Musical so I can t- say exactly how everything in the musical is wrong. I think that would go over really well. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like after a, after a, a presidential speech, then the, the opposing party goes on afterwards and mm. gives their statement. That's that's what I envision you doing, Jeff, after that. Yeah. Um, all right. I love it. Great picks. Uh, Jeff, what do you what do you got? OK, well, I had crap. So I'm going to go up and steal okay. something that I had before. Um, <laughs> uh, which we do sometimes, folks. Uh, I want to mention real quickly Jezebel got bought by Paste Magazine. Uh, the fact that it was killed was an awful thing by Geo Media. Um, I, you know, they're going to be hiring people. Who knows whether it lives again in its glory of the past? But it should. Notably, have died. Paste also bought Splinter, which is yes, the which politics website of Geo Media that had been, you know, shuttered for years, and they're yeah. going to restart that before the before twenty twenty four. Um, in other magazine news, Popular Science is no longer going to be in print, and so which it means it's good timing for my magazine book. There you go. Analogy to the form of the magazine. Um, and then finally, I want to give a credit. Because so, so often I wrote a whole book about the um, moral panic and stupidity of coverage of the Internet. The Washington Post between Taylor Lorenz and I'm forget, Drew, Drew Harrell and Shira Ovid, 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 I'm guessing, um, do good work. And, and Shira had a good story this week saying name drop is safe. The fear mongering about it is not. Mm-hmm. And so just calming people down when people come out with these fear stories that, oh my God, name drop is terrible and it's going to be bad things going to happen. And to come in and do the reporting and say, no folks, here's how this actually works. I think is a wonderful thing. Now, I don't know if Steve agrees or not, um, but um, I was just glad to see some sane, calm reporting. Nice. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Ant, what you got? I forgot what mine was. Had to go look. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. You start wearing your glasses yeah, you down your nose. Yeah. You just pull those down at the tip of your nose. Uh, boy, I tell you, in my day. <laughs> um, my pick, uh, I got two. One of them is, um, as I've mentioned before, I watch a lot of YouTube as part of my quote unquote television. And this time it recommended something to me totally out of the blue that was, again, quite awesome city nerd on youtube channel uh, has a youtube channel it's called city nerd and it's so daggum fascinating sans the bridge talk because i know that's not for you mr jarvis Um, but he goes around from town to town um basically just taking a look at how cities are laid out from a pedestrian standpoint as well as just um how how is the city's infrastructure doing for um, uh, the climate and the ecology and so forth. Does he travel to them? Uh, not too often. He now lives in, I think he now lives in Vegas and, but he's, well, he's really something about his taste in cities. Well, he's, well, he's, well, he's in, well, Henderson, but he's, he's really big on just walking everywhere, riding his bike everywhere. And then he looks mm-hmm. at public transit options and how good they are in this city versus that city. And he does a pretty deep dive into different, laws and, and, and bills and whatnot that came up based on the states and it can get pretty nerdy, but it was interesting. And it's just city nerd and he has a really, really dry delivery, but I dig it. It's just matter of fact to the point kind of thing, you know. And lastly I want to give a shout out to my nephew. Um some of you may not know this. I think some folks here 
in the studio know, but my nephew, he uh, is back home in Carolina and he was named the um, region's defensive player of the year at, at uh, my old high school and just happy for him. And it's good to see this because he was this close to moving over here with me. Uh, I tried to talk, Ooh. tried to talk my sister into it because he had his moments of being a bit of a jerk of a kid. And, um, <laughs> and I about drafted him and brought him out here to stay for a year and a half and to try to get him back on up and up, if, if you will. And right there sort of proves that he's got the resolve and the will to get on the straight and narrow. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, nice. very proud of my OJ nephew. That's what is, that's what I call him. OJ. So shout out to you, OJ. Right on. Nice. That's cool. And city nerd on YouTube. I love, I just love how they're literally like, there is a person who is <laughs> passionate about every single thing Anything. that is possible Anything. and has figured out how to like create hundreds of hours of, of videos about that specific thing and find Dude, their audience. For it, I don't know? know how many videos I've watched and they're 15, 20 minutes long each, you know, and I've watched a ton of them over this weekend and it's just various information about public transit and this town has a better walkability score versus Petaluma does, you know, yeah, just it's yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Considering colleges and whatnot, um, yeah, you know, true. cause yeah. if you go to college, are you going to be walking everywhere or mm-hmm. are you going to be forced to drive everywhere? Totally. And he looks at all of that stuff. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Interesting. Thank you. I'm like I'm like on the fence on this one. I'm like, I do oh, okay, you've hyped ahead. it up so much. You gotta go for it. I have to. I, I, I mentioned it. <laughs> so I came across like a month or a month and a half ago a Reddit thread that mentioned something about YouTube ads and Albania, and how if you set your VPN to Albania and you go to YouTube and you play anything and you don't have a YouTube Premium account, you won't see any ads. So I'm torn on sharing. No one's targeting this. people in Albania. Albania apparently has a restriction on ad, against ads in YouTube, and they're not alone. There's a it's Albania, Moldova, Myanmar, Ethiopia. If you have a VPN that has a location that you yeah. can set in any one of those countries, and then you go to YouTube or you go to Twitch and you watch content, you will wow. not be served ads. Wow. And Bard, so, however, is going to speak to you in Albanian. For yeah, right. That, yeah, I suppose that <laughs> might happen. But anyways, I just thought it was really interesting. And I know, you know, like I feel weird sharing that because like we are ad supported. And yet I know. <laughs> we, so, hold on, hold on, Mr. Howell. We yeah. are ad supported by outstanding sponsors. Not that crazy banner crap that shows up on web pages yeah, I mean, that annoy it's, things. It's, it's and, different, you know. but still it kind of feels a little hypocritical <laughs> to talk about, you know, ways that you can block ads. But, um, but I think it's interesting because I hear, I've heard many people, you know, uh, protest and cry about the fact that yeah. like, um, you know, YouTube's blocking ad blockers now and blah, blah. And I, but meanwhile, like I learned about this a month and a half ago, I'm like, well, you don't really need an ad blocker. Like this actually works. But anyways, that's fascinating. It's though. it's interesting. I want what I want is to know more about the why. Yeah, why? I want to know why in those four places, if you have it, or if you're traveling there, you won't see ads and mm-hmm. Twitch and YouTube and everything. It's just really interesting kind of factoid. I think it's likely that 
Google just doesn't do business there, right? Yeah. So they just don't have ads there. Well, and I know that's that's harm that's hurtful for if there's a creator in Albania, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to no monetize their videos, there. you know. So so it also has a, a damaging. They effect can still there. bake in their ads. Well, that's true. That's true. So. Anyways, there's wow. a little tip for you. Some people will appreciate it. And some people will be like, why did you just share that? But I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, and that is the end of this episode of This Week in Google. Always a lot of fun. I'm so happy and feel, uh, I don't know. I just, I really look forward to the opportunities to sit in this chair when Leo Great is job, away. Us. I enjoy joining you all and uh, talking about some Google and all sorts of other things. It is so. pretty cool that you're We've sitting in trap. a chair because it makes this table much more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. We've got to trap Leo in the mountains more often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put him on a technology reprieve more often. Yeah, I'm super curious to hear what he has to say when he comes back. Yeah, me too. Super do you think he's going to come back a changed man or do you think he'll be like, I was bored the whole time? I, yeah. I would be bored. Jammer B says no to being changed and yes to being bored. Yeah, I think a little. I trust of both. Jammer B. I think a little of both. I actually did the thing that he's at right now. And um, your thoughts? Oh, how was it then? You're speaking like you don't know what we're talking about. You're an expert. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did it five years ago. It was amazing. Like yeah. it, it literally changed my life. I would love to do it. I would love to do it um, because I enjoy just doing staycations. Yeah. And kicking everybody out mm-hmm. and, and just being able to have that sensory deprivation is, is I, I, I totally dig that. Yeah. It's just sensory deprivation. I mean, it's, it's not the kind of experience where like he's in a, in a room, you know, a, a vacuum of a room and his devices aren't there. And that's like the extent of the week. You, you are, you are challenged. It is, a, it is a very challenging week. And um, the what not having technology with? is like day one. That's just day one. Mm-hmm. And then the entire week that you're there, you're doing a lot of really hard work. But yeah, it was it was incredible. I highly recommend oh, it. Man. Um, and I also understand the skepticism around it because not a lot of people choose to do that. Not a lot of mm-hmm. people choose to say, I'm going to go there and take a look at my life and identify the things that work for me and identify the things that don't. And then yeah. make changes around it. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's going to do that. Yeah. But if you can and you do, it's it's really wonderful. So. So I'm super curious to Much hear respect. when he comes back to to hear what he got out of it because I got an insane amount out of it. Much respect. So, yeah. Um, anyways, I didn't know I was going to go there. Um, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Paris, thank you so much. I love doing this podcast and, and I really had a great time podcasting with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. T- um, is there anything you want to share with people? I know the information is where people can follow your work and everything. Uh, any- yeah. I don't know. Read my stuff. Follow me on Twitter or Blue Sky at Paris.NYC on Blue Sky and at Paris Martineau on Twitter. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Paris. And Jeff, of course, uh, always a lot of fun hanging out with you here. We get to hang out again tomorrow on AI Inside in Club Twitch. And what do you want to plug? Looks like the okay. Gutenberg Parenthesis and Magazine. Gutenberg Parenthesis out in audio next week on the 7th and Magazine with a really cute cover, a uh, much shorter, quick, yeah. fun read about magazines just as they die around us. Oh. GutenbergParenthesis.com and you get discounts to both. Right on. Thank you, Jeff. And I'll see you tomorrow. We'll actually have Reed yes. Albergati is going to be on uh, AI Inside tomorrow to talk all about OpenAI. So we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, and Pruitt, thank you for sitting here. 
in person right Thank next you. to me? What do you want to point people to? Uh, go check out, Aunt, I normally say com slash Prince, but this time I'll say com slash Puzzles. Oh, so what's that? If you go there, you can get puzzle versions of some of my photography. Oh, that's cool. So go check it out. It's a great idea. Could be a good gift and, you know, something you can put up in the on the wall still. Some of my one on the far right looks like it would probably be that challenging. Yeah, that one is going to be challenging to you because it's not (laughs) a lot of detail there. That's me taking a photo of the Milky Way. And yeah. AntPruitt.com slash puzzles. Love it. And tell everybody else. Right on. <laughs> cool. Um, thank you, John. Thank you, Benito, here in studio. Um, you can, I created a site called Raygun.fun. So go there. Oh, yeah. It has all the different right. ways that you can find me online. It's just easier to say that than all the different social networks and stuff. Uh, but also doing Tech News Weekly with Micah Sargent tomorrow. Um, and then shortly after that, AI Inside with Jeff Jarvis. So um, we'll be recording that live, uh, of course, uh, through YouTube if you aren't a Club Twit member. And uh, if you aren't a Club Twit member, well, you really should be $7 a month, twit.tv slash club twit. You get access to the discord. So you do get access to all the live recordings of our shows, which you can get to that through YouTube. If you're not a club member, but you also get pre and post show stuff, you get bonus content, you get shows that you don't get outside of the, the club, like AI inside hands on windows, hands on Mac, um, the untitled Linux show. I mean, there's, we've just got so many, it would be. Yeah, it, there's there's just a lot waiting for you there. The you get access feed, to the Discord, the, the book, the book club, the book club, the, the bonus right. feeds got all kinds of stuff in there. There's a couple You're fireside doing all sorts chats, of fireside and chats and AMAs, and lots of fun. Yeah, it really is great. And Ant's been you know, really doing such a, a great job of of wrangling that service and, and keeping it active <laughs> and keeping people engaged. And yeah, and the and the Discord. So anyway, seven dollars a month. Twit.tv slash Club Twit. And I think. Probably more than that because it's all really great, but you are supporting us directly when mm-hmm. you go into the club. And uh, let me just tell you right now, that comes in really handy. That's instrumental Word. to us at this moment in time. So thank you for that. Um, as for this show, twit.tv slash twig, T-W-I-G. That'll take you to our show page on the web where you can subscribe to the show in all different kinds of formats. We actually do record this live uh, every Wednesday, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 2200 UTC. And uh, so you'll get it in your feed later in the evening when you subscribe and it automatically downloads for you. I hope that's what's happening for you. Hit auto download. Hit auto download. Yeah, make sure that it's doing that. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for um, for hanging out with us for the last couple hours. And Leo will be back next week. We'll see you next time on This Week in Google. Bye, everybody. Hey there, Scott Wilkinson here. In case you hadn't heard, Home Theater Geeks is back. Each week, I bring you the latest audio-video news, tips and tricks to get the most out of your AV system, product reviews, and more. You can enjoy Home Theater Geeks only if you're a member of Club Twit, which costs 7 bucks a month. Or you can subscribe to Home Theater Geeks by itself for only $2.99 a month. I hope you'll join me for a weekly dose of Home Theater Geekitude.